For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Do you begin, lads, with the cost of things? I see the front of the Independent this morning. Uh, at least the only company that I see and that I'm aware of that's given two consecutive price reductions uh, to utility bills and fuel is Pinergy. Um, and I'm hoping that it's likely to herald, as this morning's Independent is saying, a raft of price cuts now from its rivals. So this is the second electricity price cut uh, from uh, Pinergy. They're a fast-growing supplier of electricity. Um, and there's hopes that maybe the bills will start to... I don't know if they're going to... You know, if the bills start to drop, I don't know what the state of play is with regards to energy credits across the winter. Who knows? But I did read online this morning. Um, this could be worth about €220 Euro a year, say, for instance, on a typical second Pinergy cut. But interestingly, although it shouldn't surprise us because the cost of everything here is so much dearer than anywhere else, um, electricity in Ireland um, is the dearest in Europe full stop. The dearest in Europe. In fact, when you average it out across all electricity users in all the different states, in Ireland we're €900 per household per year more. 900 more than any other country in the rest of Europe. So it's pretty depressing, the cost of things in this country. But the newspapers are dominated this morning by yet another tragedy amongst our youth. And the headlines and the red tops and the broadsheets all talk of the fact that we'll never get over it. There was 3,000 people attended a vigil in honour of the four young people who died in the road crash in Clonmel in County Tipperary on Friday night. And they were heading out to celebrate their leaving certificate results. It should have been the end of one chapter of their life and the beginning of a new one, a new adventure. And, of course, they will never get to live those new adventures because they lost their lives. Luke and Grace McSweeney, Zoe Coffey and Nicole Murphy. Um, The papers this morning talk of it in detail. In fact, they have many photographs of the vigil where over 3,000 people actually attended to pay their respects, we'll never get over you, we'll never forget you. Our community is united to face this tragedy, is the headline making the mail this morning. I'll have some more of this in, in a few minutes' time. But they do talk of the town vigil for the tragic friends as many, many people came out to pay their respects and to lay flowers. Now, at this stage, it's impossible and quite early uh, to, to be even able to say with any amount of surety as to what happened that led to them Uh, crashing, losing control of the vehicle and dying. But the Irish Times this morning saying that heavy rain may have played a role in the Clonmel crash. More on that in a few minutes' time. And of course, we also had another tragic loss uh, and it was last week when we heard of the the death by drowning of Jack O'Sullivan from Friars Walk who passed away, um, slipped into the water, took a couple of hours to actually find the poor misfortune around about four in the afternoon pronounced dead. So his funeral is set set to take place tomorrow. Um, And that's the story that makes this morning's echo. And they talk of it in quite detail. All those that came to his aid with regards to trying to find him as part of the search. Um, And such a popular young man and his family are beside themselves with grief. He's survived by his parents, Kevin and Yvonne, and his siblings, Kaylee and Sophie and Chloe and Mia, James and baby Isabel. Sadly missed by his grandparents, uncles, aunts, relatives and a wild, so wide circle of friends and much loved at Colossi de Eamon Rich uh, and uh, um, his school. And misfortune was to be going into second year this year. It's awfully, awfully sad. Um, in other news on side, this has got to be good news. It's uh, O'Callaghan Properties who do good work um, and they've got planning applications in now and the green light's been given for the development of 1,325 new homes 
front page you're making the echo this morning if you think of the Goulding site which is ginormous you're talking about Centre Park Road and Monaghan Road um, this would be one of the biggest um, you know infrastructure changes to an area of, uh, of the city and, and the Keys and that area in a long long time and you'd be looking at when done 10 different uh, buildings which would make up 658 one bedroom homes 465 two bed homes and 202 three bedroom homes and hopefully that will be the start of more to come with regards to um, you know uh, construction of much needed housing wouldn't it be great if we got back to the 1960s models when all councils and all corporations um, with the funding from central government just built homes for people and never mind those that are already in council properties that are an absolute disgrace I also see in the echo today that it's a month now since the chief executive of Cork City Council uh, expressed her own shock at the living conditions with regards to those in Noonan's Road and St. Finbar's Road. Uh, But the residents say a month on, nothing's changed at all, despite the promises which they took at face value, to be honest with you. William O'Brien is quoted in the echo this morning as saying that the tenants had initially taken the chief exec and our staff at their word that they would receive help. um, But now they're just becoming quite cynical about it now. I hope to be in a position on Wednesday morning. I think I will be to have a conversation with Anne Doherty, the Chief Executive. More on that a little later on, incidentally, because I'll be asking you for your own thoughts on questions for the Chief Executive. But they're also talking in the papers this morning of tenants on the north side of the city with similar problems to those in Noonan's Road. And it's quite detailed, probably too detailed for me to go into it in much detail right now. But they're saying that the north side of the city, um, tenants are living in deplorable conditions, similar to the residents down on the south side in Noonan's Road. The same kind of things, plaster falling from the ceilings, concrete peeling and breaking, black mould inside and in the homes, flats, inf- uh, flats infested with rats and with mice, um, having to live out of one bedroom, surviving on takeaways because they can't go into the kitchen. Uh, young mother talking about the fact that, that she caught seven rats in four weeks. You just wouldn't ask anyone to live in the conditions like we're living in, she says. Uh, it's just absolutely awful. So more on that across the morning, particularly if you're in the north side, living in conditions like that. I would like to hear from you. Text 0868104106, particularly ahead of my conversation with the uh, chief executive of Cork City Council on Wednesday. If you thought the NCT were taking away your cash, think again, because apparently they didn't clear it with anybody at all. So much so that the Minister of State, Jack Chambers, has said the NCT will still take cash in the new system. He says it hasn't been agreed and it is not happening. Do I need to say any more about that? I think not. So at least that's one uh, for those who still believe in cash money. Uh, you might remember when Angarda Shikana were putting an elite force, uh, an elite bunch of members of Angarda Shikana to go uh, overseas, particularly to France, to places like the Normandy coast and indeed to Mont Saint-Michel to help Irish tourists. But and that seemed kind of a bit weird. What was really, really weird was that they were always, always, they were also intending to go to Disneyland. Um, that apparently never happened. And because I imagine because of much of the public backlash against it, uh, the Gardaí um, plan for the Disneyland trips was canned. It never actually happened. Um, and also they're talking about um, what's good and bad for your health. And a lot of it is to do uh, with what we eat or indeed what we ingest. And there's a few different kind of stories in that regard making the papers today. One has to do with um, the age limit potentially. This is something that the Cork Fine Gael TD 
uh, Colin Burke wants to happen. He's Fianna Gael's health spokesman. He's saying that the age limit for buying tobacco products should be raised to 21. I'm just wondering if anybody would actually have a problem like that, trying to delay people uh, taking up smoking. I mean, imagine at the moment it's probably 18. Please tell me it's not any younger. Imagine it is 18. He said that Ireland needs to meet public health targets uh, of uh, less than 5% of people smoking by 2025 and apparently we're far off that. Now we've done an awful lot regarding it with the smoking ban and things like that and continually hammering the price of it. But some would say if you're old enough and you're of a, of a voting age of 18, then you should be able to pick up a fag and smoke it. Or indeed, you should be able to pick up a drink and drink it. Maybe drink in one hand, a fag in the other. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. If that wasn't bad enough for your health as well. Also, ultra-processed food. Now, this is the very, very processed foods. You'd be surprised actually how many of them are kind of lurking and, and giving you the misapprehension that they're actually very good for you or healthy foods like a lot of those fruit or protein bars or the low fat yogurts um, may not be as healthy as you might think because a lot of the ultra processed food and that can be you know it can be stuff like sliced bread uh, the ready meals that you buy um, that seem to last for like seven or eight days in the fridge they do so because their original state of each one of those ingredients um, has been changed so much that's why they call it ultra-processed, that they're hugely high in salt and sugar and additives and indeed preservatives, that they're very, very bad for you. So much so that it's done untold damage to people's health and indeed continuing to rise the uh, risk of people suffering heart attacks and stroke. Um, So, you know, I guess fresh is always best, isn't it? Uh, And I guess also perhaps from the closest state that nature hands it to us as well as that. Our beaches leave an awful lot to be desired and unfortunately Cork doesn't do well. we got the latest report out now, makes the papers this morning with regards to the state of Irish beaches. Um, suffice to say that the beaches around the country come in for quite an amount of criticism between littered, moderately littered and those that are clean. I don't see any Cork beach, sadly, on the clean list. I hate having to say that. Uh, nor, uh, with a quick look, do I see any of them on the moderately littered list. Uh, I, I do, unfortunately, see some of them on the littered list. Um, areas of Cork that are adjacent to water, including Castleton Bear Harbour, Cork Harbour down by Blackrock Castle, uh, Kinsale Harbour, down around White Bay Beach, places like that. But interestingly, what are they saying when it comes to the types of litter that they're actually finding? Now, it's interesting because it's, a lot of it is the same bog standard stuff like your fast food wrappings and your plastic bottles and your alcohol bottles, whether it's plastic or glass, cigarette butts, sweet wrappers, things like that, coffee cups, disposable vapes are the new ones though that are just thrown aside on beaches. They've become one of the more significantly more common uh, items now with regards to litter on Irish beaches. And they're saying that they're more common, disposable vapes are more common as litter on Irish beaches than they are on Irish streets. Papers also today talk of the fact that if you want to live longer and be happier, laugh more. Smile and laugh, a good old giggle, uh, cuts inflammation, increases the heart's capacity to pump oxygen all around the body, and that can't be half bad for you. Neil Prendeville, Gold Imro Award winner for Speech Broadcaster of the Year. 
Cork's Red FM. And the sadness of the events over the weekend. Um, I was telling you, it's making all of the newspapers this morning. There was a vigil in Clonmel last night. I gave you the headlines to it. We'll never get over you. We'll never get over this. Over 3,000 people apparently attended the vigil in honour of the four young people who lost their lives. Uh, sadly, only a few weeks previous to that, of course, we had the passing of uh, some other young people as they were going out to their their Debs, they were heading off on their Debs and crashed and also passed away. Uh, but the latest, of course, to lose their lives at such a young life, at such a young age, Luke and Grace McSweeney, Zoe Coffey and Nicole Murphy. Um, I want to talk on WhatsApp with uh, Aoife Kearns, uh, who's news reporter with uh, News Talk. Um, and she was down in around the Clonmel County Tipperary area over the weekend and she joins me by phone. Aoife, good morning. Grant, perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah. He- can you hear me all right, Aoife? Yes, I can, Neil. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, but yet again, more tragedy on our roads and so sad at any age, but more young people with the rest of their lives to live for. They were heading out to celebrate their leaving certificate, I believe. Yes, so Grace McSweeney, Zoe Coffey and Nicole Murphy had just received their leaving cert results hours before this tragic incident happened and they were being driven by Grace's older brother Luke McSweeney to Carlow to celebrate the results and then that crash happened at around half past seven on Mountain Road on Friday evening in Clamel. It was a single car crash Neil and it killed all four of the young people as people will know now at the moment and it's believed the car flipped and hit a wall and Gardy say at the time there was heavy downpours which may have impacted surface conditions as you can imagine. Now, at the time it was established, this was a major incident and there was a huge amount of emergency services there, including ambulance crews, uh, medical personnel, the fire service, the civil defence, Gardaí and the rescue helicopter. Um, And that was coordinated through uh, Tipperary County Council. And then at around 11 o'clock on Friday night, we got the news that four young people from the Clonmel area had tragically died. And immediately a collision room was set up um, to investigate this incident in Clonmel Garda Station and an appeal was issued for information for people not to share footage which was taken by a drone operating over the site in the immediate aftermath of this crash and the mountain road actually remained closed for nearly 24 hours as the forensic collision investigators examined the scene of the accident um, on mountain road and the car itself um, in which the incident happened was removed from the scene on Saturday evening and that's being examined by Gardaí at the moment. Yeah and, and I know there will be as you just said there will be technical investigators right across this trying to work out the factors in all sorts of different ways and checking tyres and road conditions and you know but but at the same time none of that will bring back these four young lives amongst them a brother and a sister. Absolutely, absolutely Neil and I was at the vigil in Clonmel last night and I mean the town just came to a standstill and there was between two and three thousand people there. You can imagine, um, you know, in an area it was in the Kickham Plaza. 
there was just people everywhere and at the mo- at the very beginning we thought hundreds then around a thousand but now estimated between two and three thousand came out remember Grace, Luke, Zoe and Nicole and just one of the words um, one of the phrases that uh, Father Michael Toomey who was a chaplain for schools in the area and he's one of the local priests he just said there's absolute sadness and desolation being experienced in South Tipperary at the moment um, in terms of the vigil last night uh, there was locals there from Clonmel, Kilsheelan, Ballypatrick and surrounding villages and I mean this has really kind of affected the whole area of South Tipperary because um, obviously some of the victims weren't from Clonmel itself and Nicole Murphy from Ballypatrick um, All so these areas roll Kilsheelan. off your tongue yeah. actually Aoife because I think you're, you're born and reared not far from there are you? Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm from Munkoyne myself. Um, people will know if they've ever driven from uh, Waterford to Clonmel. It's kind of maybe the second town. There's Munkoyne, uh, uh, then there's Carrick and Shore, Kilsheelan and Clonmel. So I'd be, I'd be very familiar with it. And I worked as a journalist in the area myself. So um, I was there at at the scene on Friday night, um, you know, yourself, um, when it comes to something like this. I mean, what I did... Uh, you know, it's absolutely nothing compared to what any emergency services. But you just, you, I just knew there was just a feeling this was serious. This was really, really, really serious. And you know, I mean, the mayor um, of Clonmel said himself um, last night um, at the vigil, Clonmel has never seen the likes of this um, in his living memory anyway you know um, this is this is the biggest tragedy to really to hit the whole you could say the southeast in a very long time yeah so also looking at the statistics over the weekend although I don't have the exact numbers to hand but I will get them uh, road deaths uh, this year are way up in comparison to last year and sadly amongst those statistics are deaths of young people on our roads it's been a bad year so far we're not even finished 2023 yet you know, we had 17-year-old uh, yeah. Kira McCann and Dalava Muhammad, 16-year-old. You know, the two teenagers going to their Debs in County Monaghan? And actually, um, Neil, I've been reporting on several tragedies this summer. And to put this into context, I believe between the two young men that died in EOS who sat there leaving search, then we had um, Delava and Kia um, from Monaghan that you mentioned there. And now these three uh, young women to die in Clonmel, they all sat there leaving search this year. So, I mean, for even all of the young people that have been affected by the other tragedies, I can only imagine how they feel hearing this. And it's been a really, really hard year for everyone that sat there leaving search in 2023. And for all the young people that have been affected by this, um, just a few words to say as well. And this has been reiterated throughout the course of the weekend that supports are there. You know, pick up the phone, talk to each other, talk to, And like in a broader sense, this will have affected many people, parents, people in the locality. Um, But just talk and even in Clonmel itself, the schools um, are operating counselling services that are being coordinated through NEPS. And then also there's a 
a building in the town seesaw that people will be familiar with they will be open throughout yeah. the course of the week the um, even for the emergency services you know this was this was a very very horrible um, incident to come upon um, the guards um, superintendent Kieran Rowan actually said that at the press briefing it was a really difficult yeah. scene yeah. and they realized very quickly as well that you know these were local kids um you know they were kids uh, you know mm. people mm. It, until you're in your 30s i'm sure your parents will call you your children and maybe they'll call you your children oh i just shuddered life, again you know? thinking of how the families will will get over this you know luke and grace mcsweeney zoe coffee yeah. and nicole murphy all with brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles yeah. and mothers and fathers i have to say though and i wonder do you drive rural roads much but um a lot of the crashes we're hearing about now are no longer on the M8 or main roads. They're on mm. country roads. Some of those country roads are deadly. I often mm. think that the speed limits on them, to be quite honest, I see some of them at 80 and 100 and I'm thinking, God, the speed limits on these roads should be 50, 60 kilometres. They are so yeah. windy and dangerous. Yeah, well, this is a steep road coming out of the town and it leads to a golf club and for people that are from the area they'd be familiar it would lead to several villages and townlands likes of Rathgormach and the Nair Valley kind of mountainous areas but aside from that and as you said there it's a kind of a windy dangerous road anyway and local representatives have raised that in the past but aside from that I think the thing that Gardaí did say at the at the briefing that you know really like torrential rain kind of came out of nowhere I don't know what it was like in Cork on Friday but certainly I know um, in the southeast you know, there was real, really, really serious kind of showers. Um, and I'm sure as well, you know, as Gardy said there, that that surely kind of affected them when they were in the car and making their way to that bus to Carlo um, on, on Friday. So that needs to be taken to, into account as well, because we don't know anything about the nature of, you, you know, um, the incident. Gardy haven't released any details like no. that. But what we do know is that there was really bad rain on, on Friday night and uh, when they were making their way to that, those uh, leaving cert results celebrations. Awfully, awfully sad. Technical investigators will hopefully at some stage shed some light on it now, but families and friends have to prepare uh, for removals and burials. How sad is that? Listen, Aoife, thank you so much for the update this morning. I do appreciate it. Aoife Cairns with uh, News Talk. Text 0868104106. We'll pick it up after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. And text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. A lot to cover over the course of the morning. Can I just say that I also was reading, and this has absolutely nothing to do, to be honest with you, with those that lost their lives up in, in County Tipperary. But there was an article over the weekend that was talking about deaths and tragedy on our road, like this and like so many others. And some of the areas that they're constantly talking about people paying more attention to is, you know, uh, your driving habits, whether it's driving under the influence of alcohol or indeed driving under the influence of drugs or some people driving under the influence of both. But they also talk about speed uh, and road conditions and the state of your tyres. But they also talk about all too often um, you have too many people on their mobile phones, whether, whether they're taking a call or making a call or having a call or texting on their phones. Um, and God knows for any of us that drive, we see it all of the time. Um, it's bad enough seeing it when traffic is stopped or people doing it at traffic lights, but a hell of a lot worse than uh, when you see it with regards to, to people who are actually in moving vehicles. 
I often think, though, do some people, particularly of a younger age, um, put too much trust in their cars? And again, I'm not talking about this tragedy. I'm talking in, in general terms, because even as a driver, perhaps you like me, have seen people sometimes with the N up, sometimes with the L up, and you can see um, if you ever, um, you know, get to see them passing it, that they can be quite young and they take awful, awful risks, like as if um, they're invincible. And of course, none of us are. And we can see the fact that we're not invincible when you see tragedies that lead to the deaths of so many young people. On Friday morning on the air, right, and it started, I think, on breakfast and ran right into my program and right across the morning, was this fire incident on the M8 that brought all of the traffic to a standstill. It actually hampered emergency services trying to get up to Dublin. They were trying to move blood and they were trying to move patients and things and ambulances and all sorts of things like that. But it went on for hours and hours and hours. Actually, I was getting texts from people who were actually stalking it, wondering what was going on. It was a fire. I had thought that it was a van. It kind of technically was, in the sense that it was a camper van that went ablaze. But I was thinking about emergency services, and I was thinking about people who might have had doctors or hospital appointments in Dublin, but also those that were maybe trying to catch a plane or a flight or whatever. They certainly didn't catch any of those or make any of those appointments on Friday. But while I want to talk about that, um, there also is a lovely story attached to it. But the entire backstory uh, should be possible to hear now uh, from Victor Shine, second fire officer with Cork Fire Brigade. He joins me by phone. Victor, good morning. Good morning. How okay. are you? Okay. All right. So um, imagine whether many of your crews had to go to that scene. I mean, what happened? It was a camper van on the MA. Talk us through it. Um, initially, the camper van was coming back from West Cork, driving through the tunnel. The driver of the van got a smell of smoke, kept on driving, and got onto the, the main M8 motorway, or just before you turn off for um, Glenmire. And the engine compartment of the van uh, caught fire. Extensive fire uh, came from the engine compartment and started to spread into the cab, so they vacated the vehicle. And our crews were notified and four appliances from Anglesey Street arrived on scene to find that the the uh, front of the van was well alight and the officer of the crew requested uh, the information on what happened and so on and was there anybody else in the vehicle and it was at that point noted that uh, there was a dog, Hugo, in the back of the camper van in a cage. So the crews immediately... Um, got into the back of the van, removed the cage. Was there smoke in the back of the van? Was that in a bad heavily, state? Yeah, the back of the van was heavily smoke-clogged, so the dog was removed in his cage and found to be unconscious and unresponsive. So the crews, um, like you would with an adult, everybody gets the same chance, uh, started resuscitating uh, the dog. How do you do that? Oxygen. We have specialised oxygen masks that we can use on the dog. You have a dog oxygen kit, do you? We do. Uh, that came from a couple of years back. One of our uh, officers inside here, who is an animal lover, um, got, a, got this kit and it's been used uh, on a number of occasions and it's very successful. High concentration oxygen to the, to, the, to the dog in this case, resulting from smoke inhalation. And so the dog got basically CPR, chest compressions, I love and it. Uh, ventilations through the, the oxygen mask. And the dog came around, so Hugo and the owner, well, sorry, they, the husband and wife in the camper van were dog-sitting the dog for their daughter, so had a bit of a more investment in it. So the dog um, and one of the uh, 
the occupants of the camper van were taken to a local vet where um, the dog was given appropriate treatment, put on IV lines and so on. So the dog now has made a full recovery that's, from that situation. That's a lovely, <laughs> that's a lovely aspect of this story. Uh, and the yeah. fact that you have used this dog oxygen kit in the past and saved other yeah. little furry friends. So husband, husband and wife and dog, no children. Um, they, they, they got out safely, but the vehicle just went up in flames did it the vehicle was completely uh, written off a complete uh, burning of the vehicle uh, the, the major concern with this vehicle was propane cylinders inside the, the camper van itself so there are things in vehicles that you would never consider so there was the serious potential for the, the vehicle to explode so all those precautions were taken so the vehicles on the motorway had to be stopped after okay, the day. Okay, okay. Kind of, not the, not the best thing to do though, to continue to drive a vehicle with smoke coming out of the engine. I mean, uh, bad idea there. Um, but the consequences to traffic though sounds quite alarming. I mean, if they pulled into the hard shoulder, how come everything com- came to a standstill for nigh on, I'm going to say six hours anyway? Yeah, the, the once we're finished with the uh, dealing with the fire situation, the Gardaí then and the uh, Roads Authority will take control of that situation. So we would have finished off the call. And I'll just check my details. No, I mean, like it was it, yeah. it was it that cars couldn't pass, or were there a blockage, or what? They would have controlled the motorway again uh, because of the mainly, possible explosion is it? There was the potential of explosion, and when you have fire crews operating in that vicinity as well, of fast-moving traffic actually hitting a pedestrian or one of our crew members. So we had the incident closed at 12.22, so from 9.38 to 12.22. So when you have these type of situations and you're cooling down uh, propane cylinders or gas cylinders, that takes a little bit of time. And water situations up there does not mains water so you're bringing right. tanks yeah, water yeah, 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 yeah. so there's other complications and then you'd have damage to the road and so on so uh, anyway all safe all, 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 all safe and well in particular had they forgotten that, that Hugo was in the back of the camper van or what in their panic I think in, in, in the panic because initially I think they thought that was a, a clutch problem that they could get a smell of burning coming through or a smell from the engine coming through the tunnel and then when they got the other side of the tunnel that they saw extensive smoke coming from the engine compartment, realising then that the engine was on fire, and then they pulled in and uh, vacated the vehicle. Okay, okay. So Job well I don't done. think they realised the severity of the situation until they luckily got through the tunnels. But again, there's always these potentials. Okay. Of, you know, and you're always there. on hand to put it right. Victor, thanks for the update. Do appreciate it. And a great welcome. story regarding Hugo. Well saved there. Text 86 Pick up the phone on 0818-104-106. Uh, thank you to everybody who got in touch with regards to different topics from last week, particularly uh, that particular funeral up in Kilconey. Now, um, if, if you thought that that had all gone away, it hasn't gone away. Um, I've been sent photographs of quite a lot of tributes wrapped in cellophane that still remain there uh, at Kilcully after the funeral. Indeed, many of them, and they're quite large actually with tributes in the shape of hearts and photographs in the middle of the hearts and they're they're actually propped up with wooden structures behind them and they're on top of the graves of many other people. Um, the current situation with the graves in Kilcully, Neil, my mum visited my dad's grave to see the headstone only for the first time on Friday evening. All these huge floral structures uh, that I mentioned Friday in my email 
were gone. Imagine how upset though I was on Saturday when I returned to Kilcully to find all of these structures back covered in cellophane, suggesting the family expects them to remain on top of the plots that they're covering for a long, long time. A lot of these floral structures were on top of my dad's grave when I arrived. The photos shows them after I tried moving them. Um, oh yes, and I have that photograph where some of them have been moved off your dad's grave. But there there are many of them. I mean, I, I would say that I can, I can count at least a dozen, perhaps an awful lot more than a dozen, and they're, they're quite huge. The photo shows them after I t- tried to move them. It's hard enough trying to visit a grave without having this additional upset. People visiting surrounding graves saw my distress on Saturday and started to help me move them off my dad's grave. I'm so glad it wasn't my mum that was there to witness it. Cork City Council need to ensure that floral arrangements of any type are only on a single family plot. Um, But these arrangements up there now are across at least six or seven other grave plots. How long should this be acceptable? I'd imagine council workers on site on Saturday didn't see them uh, back in place as I'm sure they would have moved them off my dad's grave and other people's graves as well. It's a difficult time for us. My dad died suddenly and all our lives changed. Our family uh, could... Uh, be easily identified both by the name on the grave and our address. So you can imagine we need to remain anonymous and trust that you will do this. Graves are largely upsetting for the families, but this week we've had fireworks set off on Dad's grave, cigarette butts and beer cans on his grave, cars doing burnouts, scorching the path beside the grave. These are the the wheel spins and and the tire spins. It's all crazy and unfortunately a lot of families I spoke to in Kilcully Uh, last week are afraid to speak out Um, I just wanted to bring to your attention to the fact that it just wasn't the spinning of car wheels wasn't acceptable but the fireworks set off on top of other people's graves which you might have been aware of mass groups standing on top of other people's graves showing total disrespect events companies being paid to erect five foot banners and floral tributes which are placed on top of other people's graves for hours on end with no time frame for removal and all totally unacceptable and disrespectful towards families with loved ones buried in plots close by. I received that email this morning to say that that's what's still visible in Kilcully and people are far from happy about it. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. And of course, uh, awful tragedy for those four young people, three of them out to celebrate their leaving certificate for certificate results. And we were talking about it on Friday morning. Uh, quite a big response to that, actually, um, particularly uh, because I've been talking about all too often uh, young people finish secondary school and they think that their only option is college and they go into a bit of a panic not knowing actually what they want to do in college because they have no idea what they want to actually do with their lives. And I was suggesting that that is a failed model. Texter says, my son, four years ago, did the apprenticeship course and he's qualified now with the wonderful James Wool Electrical Company, uh, Jamie Wool. Uh, Jamie told him to apply to places now. So he did six weeks ago and he landed a wonderful job in Janssen in Ringeskiddy. It's an outstanding course. Anne Whelan, head of apprenticeships, and Gillian Cannon and Foss were unbelievable. And he did his final year in CIT. Well, I tell you one thing, your son has some life ahead of him, particularly if he likes 
um, being an, uh, the, the possibility or the prospect of being an electrician. He'll always be busy. He'll always have work. He'll make loads of money and he'll have a really good life. Uh, I hated school as a teenager. I had no interest in the leaving certificate and I barely passed it. I went back to college at 30 into a course I knew I wanted to do and I graduated with first class honours. Neil, expecting young people to know what they want to do at 17 or 18 is utter madness. I 100% agree with you there. Uh, people have children's allowance which is €140 Euro a month up to the age of 18. Wouldn't it be great if you could have it up to the age of 22? It would help a lot of students if they have to pay for college and accommodation. At least college to some extent would be paid for. You know what's happening now? There are big changes planned now under Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil and the Greens where actually there will be no fees whatsoever with regards to uh, going to college that they would get rid of them totally. Uh, right now it's kind of almost like a 50-50 split between what parents pay and what the state pays but that would be completely eradicated. Back to the phone lines we go. Gina, good morning. Hi Neil, I was listening there to you about college and stuff. Yeah, and okay. I texted in. And you did, and thank you for it, so go ahead. Yeah. Um, I just think it'd be great if they actually would raise it up to maybe the age of 22, 23. It would take a lot of stress off a lot of people, especially students that have to move out of home as well and look for accommodation. Well, in um, the sense that children's allowance should be paid while they're yeah. in a full-time education. Yes, yes, maybe up to the age of 22, 23. So only they have college paid for and they just only have to pay for accommodation. Mm. People mm. that have to move out of homes, you know, or even for people that are struggling. It wouldn't go very far, though, to paying some, some bills or rent out a home, €140 Euro a month, would it? It wouldn't, but I mean, like, if you add it up, it kind of come to over 3000 at the end of the year and college is like three, three or Oh, it would, yeah, it would, yeah, but, but those fees are going to go, you know. I know. I know. At least that's the plan. I think initially it will be a means test uh, for those that need the relief most, but ultimately it would be free college for everybody that wants to go. Yeah, that'd be great. Did you you find it a struggle or was it with with the son or daughter? I had one daughter. I had one daughter that went to college and she graduated last year and I have another daughter just going into leave and start, but she wants to go to college. Please God. Yeah. So... For the first that went through college, did you find it a financial struggle? Um, we had the money, but she went abroad as well for a year, you know, and we thought it wouldn't as cost as much, I suppose. She went to Valencia, you know, for a year to go to college. And, um, yeah, it cost us a lot more than we thought, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do it all over again. Yeah, it's also mm-hmm. unfortunate that children's allowance can stop sometimes when a child is still in sixth year. And that doesn't make yes. any sense. Yes, yeah. my daughter is going to stop in October because she's 18 in October. So, yeah, it's going to stop. Needs to be looked at. You know, Good point. Well made. Yeah. Thanks for the text. Appreciate it. Another one here. My son has just one more stint left in MTU and then he's a fully qualified electrician. He loves it. And even at this stage, he's making great money. Uh, tell the Leaving Certificate kids to get into the army. My son absolutely hated school. He's dyslexic and felt school made him feel stupid. His self-confidence was in the gutter for years and it was awful to watch. He barely passed his Leaving Certificate but got into the army and he absolutely loves it. He's a totally different person now. Confident, happy and enjoys his work. Plus, he's on more money than me. He has his own car. 
savings and no debt. He's only 22 and I'm beyond proud of him. School and college is not the path for everyone. That's a fantastic text, a very positive text. Although I'm a little bit surprised actually that the pay is as good as you're describing in the army because I heard it wasn't great. Uh, The days of dependency on points are over. They have many solutions and options now. A perfect example is an apprenticeship program. I'm delighted to see so many texts about apprenticeships. Share this for parents as it may ease some of the pressure. There's a complete shortage of workers now. So if further education is not for them, then start applying to companies with your CVs for apprenticeships. And a final one for now, Ashling says, I want to say a huge congratulations to all the students who received their leaving certificate results. My son did his last year. As a 19-year-old at the time, he said... How am I supposed to decide now what I want to do for the rest of my life? He attended Tremore Road Campus. They were on the air with me on Friday. And he completed a sports course. He was then able to apply for his CAO course for this year at college. He didn't get offered what he really wanted and decided, why accept a course that you'll more than likely drop out of after a few months? So he did another course in Tremore Road Campus. There are plenty of options for students who don't get the points they need for their courses. So have a bit of faith and enjoy life. Uh, it will always work out. And there's a lot of text coming back uh, from Friday's programme talking about the devastation regarding the loss of little of young Jack. Uh, Mary says, that was devastating news about young Jack and heartbreaking for his family and friends. But if the council has known that the young people swim there every year, shouldn't there be a lifeguard employed for the few months of summer? And now that we have the school points boasting uh, from certain schools on air, the privileged schools are all over the media with their 8H1s. Isn't that just showing off? So it's kind of two different texts in there. Yes, I, I noticed that as well on Friday. All too often, the news reports are those who got really, really high grades. I heard you talking with Paul Byrne about the awful drowning here in Passage West. My sincere sympathies to the family. As Paul said, there was an awful eerie silence around here. I just have to say a huge well done to all of the emergency personnel. They reacted so quickly and so professionally. You could see that they were determined to find him and bring him back to his parents. They were just brilliant. Unfortunately, it was a tragic outcome. But may Jack rest in peace. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. Text 0868104106. Good news that the NCT have been told to reverse out of this going cashless. Um, I have a lot of texts and comments on cashless society after 10, but I'm keen to talk to Paula Murphy, who finds herself in a very worrying situation. Paula, good morning. Good morning. When was your baby born? Uh, my baby was born to 26th of July. So about four-month-old baby? Four-week-old baby? Four weeks old? I do. Okay. And where was the baby born? What what hospital? Um, the, the maternity hospital in Cork. Okay. So when you when you left hospital, where where did you and your baby go? Um, I went into the accommodation placement service to basically tell them that I left hospital and I have nowhere to go. No, but when you so, so you gave birth to your little baby in the COMH, came out of the COMH, were you collected by someone or did you walk out with the baby? How did that work out? Um, I got a family member to collect me to bring me in um, so that I could present myself as homeless that I have a newborn baby and I have nowhere to go. Directly from the COMH? Yeah. I have um, to say, I've heard a lot in my life, in my times on air, but I've never heard that one before, straight from the COMH presenting as homeless. Yeah. Um, no, I've been in with them since I've been pregnant. 
obviously, to tell them that I have nowhere to go. Like, I'm depending on people every day when I'm texting people to see can I stay with them for a roof over my son's head. Yeah. And, ha- and, okay, so that was four weeks ago that you went into uh, placement services. Um, where did where have you been sleeping and staying for those four weeks with the child? I have been couch surfing, so basically I'm on someone someone's couch every day with my small fella. Um, I'm not in the same house every day. And you have many possessions with you as you go from place to place. I have my son's bed. I have his bouncer. I have his buggy. I have our clothes. There is a lot. Like there's a lot of stuff I have to carry with me every day. But the, but the obvious question that many people listening to this will ask is, can you not live with, go back with your family, your parents, someone that you're directly related to, and stay with them? Um, no, me, I don't talk to my family, and me and my parents living together, we don't get on. And there's no way that that could be worked out considering you now have a four-week-old baby? No. It's not fixable in any way, shape, or form? No, it hasn't been fixed in the last six years. Okay, okay. There was some kind of a breakdown in the relationships. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and it, w- it would be pointless apportioning any blame in it. Like, is there anything that you could do to make it right, for instance, no? No. Right, okay. So you say that you were on to them before you uh, were pregnant and right through the pregnancy, is that it? Yeah, I found out I was pregnant in December. So I came back home and I'm on to him ever since. And Where were you before that? I was in Edel House before that. On your own? Yeah. How long were you in Edel House? I was in Edel House for a good three or four months. Right, okay. Why didn't you stay there? You see, I left because, uh, well, they actually asked me to leave um, because... I had a drink one night and I had nowhere to go so I went back to them not knowing that I couldn't have a drink. So they wouldn't leave me back in and they basically rang me and told me that I have to leave. Because you went back with drink on board? Yeah. And is that a, is that a rule in Edel House if you're, if you're drunk you can't go in, is it? Well, I didn't know at the time. Um, you see, I was only after having, literally I only drank one drink. It was my grandest funeral at the time. Yeah. And I wasn't... Like, I didn't know that you weren't allowed to drink and not to go in there. Like, I was not like I was drunk because I genuinely wasn't. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's I the... just had, a, like, it was my mum's partner bought everyone a drink from my granddad's funeral. Yeah. From my granddad. Yeah. So. So out you go. Where did you go at that stage? I moved, I ended up looking for a job and I ended up getting a job in Galway. So I went up to stay with one of my friends while I got a job. And a few weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. That so was when you were home. found that you were pregnant, yeah. When you were in yeah. Galway, yeah. Um, yeah. Hold, hold on there, because I, I don't want to rush the conversation. I want to pick it up and finish it correctly after 10. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Are you there again, Paula? I am here, yeah. I lost you there, girl, so I don't know what happened. Can I, can I just ask you, with, with regards to the father of the baby, does he, is he aware that he's a dad? He's aware he's a dad, but we're not kind of together at the moment. Right. Um, um, he's living at home with his mum. But, like, he's got a responsibility to the child, notwithstanding some responsibility to you as well, you know? 
I don't um see his like his mom's house is too small now. He has been very good the last couple of weeks to take him. Um, yeah. while I'm trying to sort somewhere but it's it's not ideal for the small flat at the moment, like Yeah. Yeah. So what 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 happens next? What are you going to do? Um, I don't, I don't know to be honest. Um, my fr- see, my friends are kind of getting sick of me staying out. They're not sick of me staying. It's just their houses are too small to accommodate me and a small baby. You see, um, so you need to be very, very. You need to be very careful that social workers don't think that maybe you're not in a position to look after your baby. You know, that's, that's see, that's what I'm afraid of. That um, could happen, like. See, that's what I'm afraid of. I don't want, obviously, I don't want them to get taken off me. Um, but if I can't find accommodation, I don't know what else I'm going to do. That there's only so many times you can rely on friends and you cannot rely on family, neither yours nor the dad's. No. Must have been a very bad breakup if you can't do that. Um, it wasn't really, it's just... If you went back, family. if you went back... To, to your folks, would they not open the door and welcome you with open arms and want to help? No. See, we don't get on living together, so it's it's pointless, to be honest. I only know my dad's last certain certain amount of years as well. No, I'm just wondering, because, you know, is there any hope at all? Because how are you, how are you coping for baby food and things? Um. Yeah, I'm still on the social welfare payment, so yeah. all my money goes to the small for that, as a, a normal mother would do. So, like, I, I just stock up every week on stuff that I need for, for the small for that. I know, I know we're talking about things that have happened that can't be changed, but missing that opportunity to get the bed and breakfast in Cove, bed and breakfast isn't ideal, but at least it was somewhere that you could call a bedroom and a home for a while, you know. That was unfortunate. Yeah, to be honest, I was very upset that I couldn't get down there. And when I went in the following week, I told them I had money. They could put me, like they could have put me out in the sticks for all I cared. And your woman was shouting in my face about not being able to get to Cove. Now, my mental health isn't great as it is since I've been pregnant trying to get somewhere to live. Am I insane now? I can imagine, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you've, you have a four-week-old baby, so life now has completely changed for you. You've got a very serious responsibility now. To looking after your 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 child, uh, is it a boy or boy or a girl? A boy, little boy, yeah, um, and all that comes with it. What if you went back into uh, Edel House? See, they're telling me I'm on a waiting list since I was pregnant for them. But but you have like, a baby still, now. That's what I mean. I'm still waiting for them to put me in there. They're telling me the rooms are full, and I'm on a waiting list to get in there. But like this is nine months now. But city council then are obliged to house you or put you somewhere now. Um, well, I've been in with the city. This, this crowd is with the city council, so when you become homeless, you have to go through emergency accommodation. Yeah, so they're, they're, then, they're obliged to put you in emergency accommodation. Yeah, they see, they're refusing me emergency accommodation because I didn't go to Gulf. Yeah, we're back to... That's very unfortunate because that's a very cheap train fare. I I, I don't want to be sound as if I'm giving out to you, but you do not have a couple of euro in your pocket to jump on the train, no? No, you see, we got paid a double week the week before because of bank holiday weekend. And as I said, I stock up on stuff for the small flying case. I don't have enough. So when I went into them, I said that to them. I said, I'd know... I said, I'd... 
I'd go down there. I'd love to go down there, but I've no way of getting down there. And your one's attitude in there when I told her I couldn't get down there was, was awful. Well, it was you, that bad. Yeah, well, it was that you know, bad. The uh, woman made me cry inside there. Okay, I hear, I hear what you're saying, albeit hearing your version of it. But if what you're saying is truthful and accurate, then you should be treated with a bit more respect than that. But was there no pal could have driven you down or given you the? Why couldn't somebody give you the price of the train? I don't know. I text everyone that I could think of for money to get me down, and in the nicest way possible, people basically told me no, like. The price of the train. Yeah, like yeah. the health to me is just well, this is not fair for any from anyone. You're in a very precarious situation with regards to being able to hold on to your baby. I can tell you that. I know. Um, because that baby could be taken into care, and you could be on the streets on your own, homeless. Yeah, I don't want that either. No. No, I think maybe you should go back into accommodation services again with the baby stand at the counter with the child I'm in there every week with small fellas since he's born trying to get somewhere to live and they're just telling me no but they're obliged to put you somewhere they are obliged they can't keep just saying no to you they must find something yeah I told them that I told them I can't keep couch surfing anymore like I'm I'm sick as it is from hopping from house to house Oh, are they saying that you're not an emergency because you have somewhere to couch surf, is it? Because I'm couch surfing in someone else's house every day. They're basically saying, sure, you have a roof over your head. Why do you need it? Would you get sick of this country when they treat people like that and then break, break their backs trying to sort out problems for others? Yeah, that, that's it. I don't know. Unless we put a call into homeless services for you, I mean, you you, you got to get... Like, when will the couch surfacing, couch surf, surfing end? Like, people are getting annoyed from me staying on their couch. Obviously, I'm taking over their sitting room. They can't use their sitting room because I'm in there, so it's not going to last very much longer. Like, And have they said that to you? Yeah, like, a load of people have said it to me. My friends have said it to me every day. Okay, all right. Okay, where are you now? I'm in my friends at the moment with small flat. But I have to go back into the accommodation placement service just to present myself again as homeless as that, I've been doing the last couple of weeks. That's where you need to go this morning. Go in there this morning. <sighs> go in there this morning with your little boy and tell them that you are no longer couch surfing, that you have to leave today. Yeah, I'll have to because yeah. it's not fair anymore. Like I need I need somewhere stable, not just for myself, it's for the small really. Absolutely, it's for both of you because from what you're telling me you can't get help from anyone, from anyone at all family aren't in the, in the mix the father's family can't help you're on your own, you're vulnerable Yeah I mean if you, if you like if you don't go in there this morning and say that to them and say I no longer have somewhere to stay I'm going to just sit down on the street with the baby in the middle of Patrick Street and sleep in a doorway See what they say to that. Yeah, I'd have to because, like, they're they're after refusing me multiple times, and to be honest, I can't do it anymore. Like, well, they did offer you somewhere in Cove, but you you couldn't get there. But ask ask for forgiveness on that one, you know. 
Yeah, I did. I went in and I said sorry. I apologised multiple times to the woman in there for not being able to go down there, and she basically just screamed in my face, telling me it wasn't good enough. All right. Well, wipe the slate clean. Go back in there again now and tell them that you have absolutely nowhere to go tonight. That you will be sleeping tonight either on the street or down in um, in Simon. See, Simon won't take us because I have a baby. Simon would take me, but they won't take the small fella. Yeah. You don't want to be split up from the child, and that's a possibility. No, that'll break my heart. Yeah. Would you go in there and let me know how you get on? Yeah, I will indeed. All right, Carl. That's the only option you have right now, unless somebody gets in touch with me that wants to help, and if they do, I'll be back to you. But go in and let me know how you get on, all right? I will, thanks very much. All right, take care for now, Paula. Take care for now. And sick of the way this country is being run. I know I'm not the only one thinking this, but our government has to change. The sooner the better. I normally get on with things, but lately I find anything the government do, they make a mess of it. They never take responsibility for any of it, and the general public pays the cost. I'm in my mid-30s. I'm single, but happy to be... Uh, get, but getting a house in this country is next to impossible. I'm currently living with my parents, saving everything I can to get a property. But no matter what I do, it's never enough. I moved home in 2017 and I have a hefty deposit saved, but still it's not enough. There are no houses for sale. And when they are, they sell for well above the asking price. I've been outbid now five times on five houses in the past two years, all of which went for up to 60 grand over the asking price. There's two bedroom houses for sale in my town for 280,000 euro, which is out of my budget. So this is obviously a county town for a two bedroom house. I have a good job. I've always been working since finishing college in 2011. I lived in Dublin for two years just to get experience. Did a year in Australia and I'm glad I did, but feels like it's as good as it's going to get now. I've applied for planning permission on a site next to my parents, been refused twice after following every guideline possible. That's the hard part about it. Planners don't seem to listen or understand people's needs or their available budget. It's very frustrating. I've dealt with three different planners with my planning applications and they all want different things. A lot of planners don't have the right qualifications for the job. They don't come from an architectural and engineering background. An arts degree in geography seems to be efficient enough to work in our planning system. The guidelines are very outdated. Uh, they need to allow for more modern buildings um, and more uh, building technology. You would think with the Greens in power they would improve this, but they're destroying rural living bit by bit. I'm earning too much to get on a housing list, but yet I can't build on a site that I'm being gifted from my parents. The government prefer to pay vulture funds to build houses rather than build them themselves, which has made the problem bigger. One of my friends last year bought a penthouse apartment in Manchester for €80,000, and he's better off than anyone here now. Another issue is health in this country. I myself have good enough health, but trying to get a doctor recently was stressful. No properly, um, now properly, um, a bit of, pro- now probably there's a bit of blame on my own. I've been to a doctor since I was 16, but I would have used South Dock a few times in my 20s. It took me three months to find a doctor. I was refused by three surgeries and still waiting for a call back from them. My files were all over the place. I just feel it's ridiculous service. I've no problem with refugees coming here, but when we don't have enough services to cover our own, the system is failing everybody. I've had family members in hospital lately, and that's just a war zone, understaffed and overcrowded. The government just wants everything privatised, 
which won't work for everyone. We pay way too much for everything in this country. Look at fuel. I know the price has gone up globally, but the tax on it is crazy. Even after the 15 cent was taken off the price of diesel, they still made record profits. Uh, No matter where government money is spent, it is wasted. Whether it's healthcare, housing, water, NCT system, which the government has let gone beyond a joke. I've worked on some government projects and always they're over budget and no one's ever to blame. Just like there'll be no one to blame after the proposed COVID assembly. Why are the TDs getting another pay rise, bringing their wages to 107 grand while everyone else is being stood on? Enough is enough. We need to start looking after our own and improve our standards for our future or soon we'll have nothing. At the moment, previous generations are were way better off. I do feel my generation, my 30s, might be more highly educated, which is a good thing, but misleading governments were paying a huge price. The only way is a new government that doesn't include Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael and the Greens. Things need to change and change, change badly. And that's from Shane by email who finds himself in a typical scenario where he's at home, has a deposit, but everything that he tenders for or bids for just is sold way over asking price, a lot of the time up to 60 grand. And of course then there isn't enough housing uh, to go around. But yet uh, when there was the last need for housing right across Ireland and indeed here in Cork would have been pretty much in the... The best example of it would have been in the 1950s uh, when local councils, as in corporations at the time, just built thousands and thousands of houses and they did it, of course, with direct labour. But then, of course, some wise guy decided that it would be better to get rid of all of that and to allow the private sector to do it and you see the mess that's been made of there. We have calls on the way. Text 0868104106. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Can I just also acknowledge the amount of texts that have been getting since I came on this morning regarding to events in the city on Saturday, particularly at the North Main Street Carnival. There is very little I can say about this. Now, unfortunately, some of the texts are... Uh, not the kindest in the world, um, thinking that uh, I'm motivated. Somebody saying uh, things along the lines of who is paying you to protect the Lord Mayor. Uh, and that's all very well. I see a lot of texts. M- many of them, unfortunately, I can't read out because I'll tell you why. Uh, with regards to um, recent events, um, people protesting in different places, a lot of the time centering around uh, the library uh, on the Grand Parade and the book, This Book is Gay, and other issues as well that protesters take to the streets about. I believe now that um, some of these incidences are now the subject of Garda investigations, which limit what I can say with regards to uh, recent events. Certainly what happened on Saturday. I thought it was a shame uh, because it was to be a a family day and a carnival. I don't know if it was tarnished by the events uh, that unfolded in and around the North Main Street on on Saturday. You're probably aware of it that um, some protesters wanted to have a conversation uh, with the first citizen, the Lord Mayor. He was there in official capacity, had his chain on, and he broke into into song instead. He gave a rousing rendition of, oh, what a beautiful morning, uh, fine singing voice. Uh, but I know that um, things got a little bit out of hand and got quite heated. What, what I did see some of the video on it, to be honest with you, um, and I also managed to get some of the copy that Owen English had um, uh, written up with regards to uh, the events um, which were published in the Examiner online over the weekend, and he described some of the events. Uh, he says that um, Garda are investigating 
a separate unrelated incident to another one he was referencing in the in the article um, online, and it was an incident on Saturday in which the Lord Mayor, Councillor Kieran McCarthy, was confronted on a city street. And he says he was confronted by far-right uh, demonstrators. Now, I'm not naming the demonstrators involved in this because, as I say, this is now a... Um, there are some separate guard investigations and some individuals have been asked to present themselves uh, to guard stations. I believe, in fairness to them, that they did turn up to the guard stations when they were asked to do so. Uh, but the Lord Mayor was attending the North Main Street Carnival on Saturday morning. He was approached by an individual who recorded the interaction on a mobile phone. Um, and the uh, Examiner Online says individual challenged the Lord Mayor about his public comments in the wake of a recent protest um, which led to the preemptive closure of the city's main library. Um, missed, uh, the first citizen said, I've been waiting for this and he broke into uh, a song, Oh What a Beautiful Morning. And when he finished the song and walks away, Owen English says there appears to be, there appeared to be a scuffle during which a phone was dropped. Now, I've, I've looked at the video and it's hard to work out what happened. Um, I, it's impossible for me to say how this scuffle happened, what happened to the phone. Uh, protesters are, are suggesting that it was knocked out of somebody's hand um, and that it hit somebody. Um, that's the claim that's been made, that it ended up being thrown in the air and struck a bystander. Um, the Lord Mayor isn't commenting on this. Um, we asked him to comment, but he says guard investigations are ongoing. So he isn't able to comment at this moment in time on the incident. Now, I know that some protesters have been asking supporters to text me this morning and people have been all morning. Why aren't you talking about this? Why aren't you talking about this? Why aren't you talking about this? There's very little that I can do uh, when it comes to a guard investigation Um People have been questioned then. This is a live, ongoing issue for Angardi. I have to also say that I, I hate getting stuck in the middle of this. I really and truly do because it ends up being just one big, huge pylon and an argy-bargy uh, and people shouting and roaring and it, it just gets completely out of hand. I do think it's getting worse. I really and truly do. I think that every time something like this happens, it just turns the heat up a little bit more. Uh, and I think that that's unfortunate. This is far from finished. There will be a lot more protests. It would be it would be a wonderful thing if protesters were allowed to protest and have their views and their beliefs without it having to turn physical um, or aggressive or, or confrontational. But nonetheless, it does. Um, quite an amount of text, as I say, on this one. Um, in an ideal world, uh, I would love to be able to talk about it. But every time I do, it gets completely out of hand. I think it's very unfortunate as well. I don't know who was behind it, but some weeks ago there was even a protest here um, outside my place of work here at Red FM. I thought that was unfortunate. I don't know why that needed to have been done because I have in the past trying to be as fair and as balanced, give people as much airtime as possible. But I have to say, I felt somewhat responsible for that protest outside Red FM because other people working here had to come in and out and pass the protest and they would be completely innocent to all of this and to particularly to things that I would do on air and, um, you know, stories that I would cover. Um, I'll have a look at some of the texts, right? And I'll see which ones of them I think might be broadcastable that would be fair and accurate because some of them I've seen already make fairly unsubstantiated claims that I couldn't stand over or approve. And again, as I say, all subject to a guard investigation. So I may well have a look at these texts when I get a moment, come back to them and see if some of them are broadcastable. Uh, and if so, I will um, get some of them on the air. So that's as much as I can say about it at this stage. I'm never too comfortable going into this topic anymore, I have to say, because every time that I do, it ends up just being a screaming match uh, and I get caught in the middle of it. And sometimes, unfortunately, unfortunately, 
it gets that little bit too too personal. Um, but that's as much as I have to say on the subject at the moment. I know that won't please some people who are listening and expecting me to. I know it won't. Uh, but that's where we're at right now. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. I want to say thanks to Carl and to Amy for holding, and I will get to them in a moment, but I got an extraordinary email in uh, the back end of last week. Not the first time I've had an email like this because they do say that statistically there are a couple of different things that result in marriages breaking down. Of course, falling out of love is one thing, infidelity is another. But would you believe that snoring is right up there too. Um, And this email really uh, nails it for me uh, because she says, you're my last resort. If anyone would have told me nearly 25 years ago when I got married that snoring would become the biggest issue, I'd have thought we would have been very lucky. I have found that the reality is very different. It's really driving a wedge between my husband and me, mainly because he goes between denial and getting angry and then stupid about it. The kids don't help. I suppose they're forever slagging him. My daughter's latest gem was that she read that snoring is the third cause for divorce in America, only behind cheating and financial problems. While she read the piece to us in a lighthearted way, I can see why this actually happens. That divorce is there and, you know, because of snoring. I'm going crazy for want of sleep and I'm starting to resent my husband. I spend the night grabbing snatches of sleep and shouting, shut up and kicking him. I've tried wearing headphones. I've even bought him a special pillow, but to no effect. He never used to snore, apart from when he'd a few too many Guinness, but that changed overnight when he hit 50. Then, wham, bam, the snoring became a nightly occurrence, and within a couple of years, it has got louder and louder, more persistent and stronger, and it literally hasn't stopped since. The other bedrooms in the house are taken up with kids, as we're stuck with each other. I've mentioned this snoring problem to my sister and a few of my friends and they all said the same thing, that snoring definitely gets worse as men get older. One friend is as desperate as I am. I don't sleep and I'm angry all night. I know that can't be good for my mental health. The awful thing is that I'm really, really starting to resent my husband, especially since he keeps on denying it and gets angry if I bring it up. He blames me for the way the children mock him over it, but the truth is... They can hear him in the next room. And more often than not, he falls asleep in front of the television and we have to turn it up way too loud to block out his noise. Uh, What really annoys me is that he tells the kids it's me when they know full well that women don't snore. Now, I'll come back to that point about women not snoring. We were fine and dandy before this happened, but now the resentment and rowing is getting worse and worse. Uh, I couldn't go on air because for sure he'd hear about it or recognise my voice, but it would be great to find someone who's been through this and come out the other end successfully. It is getting worse and worse. I'm very tired all the time, and the truth is we are starting to snipe at each other more and more. Well, I think if it's just sniping, uh, that's something, because you would think from what you describe in the email that it would be consistent rowing and roaring and screaming matches and not talking to each other. And picture no sound. Um, Carol, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. A lot of texts on this because I posted it over the weekend, but can you relate to it? Oh, my God. I tick every box there that that woman just wrote in. Unbelievable. I just feel her pain. I could actually ask for her number now and ask if she wants to go on a retreat somewhere for 24 hours and take a sleeping tablet and go with her. 
I suppose the only time she could get a bit of sleep is by going away from the home for 24 hours. Exactly. It's horrible. It's awful. And the only time I get sleep, my husband works some nights during the month. Um, He's worked three nights and I'm on a countdown for those three nights in the month because it's just bliss to wake up knowing that I've slept for the night. Are the nights very long and it's very frustrating? Yes, it's every few hours and I get her kicking, shouting. I mean couple of weeks back I think it was around four in the morning I left a roar saying I'll actually F you out the window if I could lift you because you're so angry and frustrated and then knowing that you're going to wake in a few hours if you get that few hours and you're just going to be in bad humour for the day So you're literally just watching the time ticking away no sleep oh, it's awful. I and then you get up exhausted up. I walk halfway up the stairs and I'll hear it if he's gone to bed before me so then I'll do a U-turn and come back down on the couch some nights. And then I know I'll get a nice sleep. But then part of me is saying, why should I? It's my bed. You know, he knows he snores. He'll admit he snores. He'll tell me stop being so stubborn and get earplugs. So I got earplugs yeah. a couple of weeks back, put in the earplugs. And I woke in a daze, I think it was half five in the morning. My son was shouting, calling me that my daughter was vomiting and I couldn't hear him. So when you've kids in the house, it's it's not all that to just pop but in did the ear, But did, did the earplugs work? I think they did a bit. It was my first time ever putting in earplugs. Um, but it was just, it was typical. The one night I put them in, they were shouting and shouting to wake me. And I, I was never going to a deep sleep. You know, I'd hear a pin drop. He, but, wouldn't, so, he wouldn't wake from the, for the shouting, no? No. No, not at all. Really? And does he feel well, he off? he to work, you see. Does he feel awful about it? He does feel awful. And he went to the doctor. And I think the doctor wasn't much help, I don't think. He gave um, a prescription for a nasal spray and antihistamine. I think that was it, I'm sure. Did it improve things? No, definitely not. No, no. Right, did you try, did you try, you can get things like snoring pillows or anti-snoring pillows? No, I have done the ins and outs of everything that I could think would even calm this down a bit and all the reviews on it are even um, sleep apnea is this you yeah. have to um, yeah. a consultant for this um, I've heard of people that are put on some box and machine and they have this mask um, not yeah, you're given all that but then the outcome is you're giving something for your nostrils that widens your nostrils or something you does it, does it kind you of a, there's a kind of a clamp that can go on the nose and it widens this, your nostrils yes this is what I'm speaking about this um, so the outcome of this, it doesn't. It's not a hundred percent either. Um, Has he been diagnosed with sleep apnea? No, no, no. And it's only in the past two years, I think, this has got worse. It has never been. You know, I'm forty six now. He's forty seven. So it's it's in the past two years. So I'm wondering, as that lady said, is this an age thing as well? I don't mean to be too personal about this, but would he, has he put on weight? I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Significant amounts of weight? Um, yeah. Yeah. So would he would you put on certainly weight around maybe the neck and the throat and areas like that? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um I don't know. I just I don't know what Because that, that, that can that can block the airways, you know, during sleep yeah. and it louds it can lead to very loud snoring and gasping for breath or waking up gasping for breath. Yeah. That would be more along the lines of sleep sleep apnea. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I just, I need to win the lotto to build a bigger house with a bigger room so I can go in there myself with a padlock. So invariably you'd be on the couch? Yeah, I would. If I want a night's sleep, I'll have to go on the couch. And has he ever offered, and again, I don't mean to pry, but has he ever offered to go on the couch himself? He would, he would, no, to be fair, he would. Because if he'd done three nights and he'd finish early on the third, he'd go on the couch. And it's just bliss to get that night's sleep. It's bliss. So every night then must be like a... Torture. Yeah, and, but anticipating that you're not going to sleep must be difficult every yeah. night. <laughs> it is. I think part of me is just, I think I'm going to immune to it. Um, I just hope for the best if I get a good few hours or, you know, sometimes you might be woken two or three times a night. Um, it's just hit and miss. But there's never a full night's sleep. There's never. I can never wake and say, she's got a great night's sleep. And do the kids yeah. know about this, that mam's not sleeping? Yeah. Yeah, but I have another issue then. My daughter, I have two girls in together. So my eight-year-old is snoring. So my 12-year-old is freaking out now that she can't sleep with her snoring. It's just mental. What are you going to do? Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, because yeah. it, will, it will ultimately affect the relationship, won't it? Yeah, oh, 100%. 100%, yeah. Yeah. Uh, emailer talks about resentment, rowing getting worse, sniping at each other uh, because of this nightly occurrence and just getting worse. Uh, yeah, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to the stage now if he gets up and just sees me on the couch, I, I say to myself, don't say anything. Knows, he knows why you're on the couch, just don't say anything. Uh, but he must be very upset by it as well, though. Yeah, well, he is. He he has guilt for it, I have to say. But, you know, what do you do? You know, you've been to the doctor. I don't know. I don't know. I want to bring Amy in on this in a second. But, like, I'm just thinking all the practical things people talk about with regards to snoring. Sleeping on your side and not on your back. Well, I'd always say that. Go on to your side. Go on to your side. Prop him up with a pillow against his back or something. No? Tried all that? Yeah, maybe I might get a plank of wood actually to put it between the beds. Well, <laughs> but giving giving him a thump, giving him a thump does nothing because it nothing. just wakes yeah, wakes nothing. him for a little and while. And I feel I'm trying to move across the bed. Then I'm only five foot one. Well, I tell myself I'm five foot one, and my legs won't be very long, so I'm trying to <laughs> arch my way across the bed to get a kick in there. But it doesn't matter. It won't. It won't wake him. It won't move him. You know, he he wouldn't. You know. I get up in the morning and he said, why didn't you wake me? Why didn't you kick me? Why didn't you kick me? And I say, I did about 50 times. And he'd have, have no recollection of that, no. misfortune. You'd have no, no recollection of it. Amy, no. good morning. Hold on, Car. Amy. Hey, how are you doing? Can you relate to any of that? Oh, dear God, yes, I can. Everything they're saying, you know, even Carol there saying with the going to the doctor, the nasal spray, the antihistamines, even tried Vicks as well to try keep the nostrils open. Um, any of it worked? Uh, no, not at all. Um, the level of resentment, like the only way I can describe it for, for a man to understand like what you go through with the level of sleep deprivation, it's like having a newborn that's waking you every two to three hours. 100%. Like you, you are just not getting sleep at all and you're, you're running on levels of sleep deprivation that are dangerous. It's like you can almost feel your life shortening every single day with the level of sleep deprivation. You're walking around, you're like somebody that's zombified, that you've just, you, you've not slept, and you've not slept in months, years, weeks, etc., depending on how long 
Um, I was Googling beyond like belief, tried every single gimmick, those stickers to widen the nose, plugs to go into the nose to try widen it, these um, different magnetic things. But you are right in what you're saying as well, the point you made um, to do with like the guy putting on weight and the guy getting older. It's, it's kind of like fat neck. That they're, Did they're you neck just say lazy. fast neck? Fast neck, yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the, the throat basically gets lazy and what happens is their jaw relaxes and it goes back and it actually causes snoring. So while a lot of people think it's coming from the nose, what I found out, a lot of it's actually coming from the throat. So it's throat snoring, but it sounds coming through the nose. Um, I have found a thing online that worked wonders. First night, tried it, um, and I finally got sleep. I woke up the next morning, didn't understand what had happened. I was like, holy God, I've slept through the whole night. He wears some kind of a gadget, is it? Um, yeah, so it's a mouth guard, um, for all the worlds, like the ones you put in playing hockey or the ones that the, the boxers put in. But there's, so you, you mold it, you stick it in your boiling water for a few seconds and it molds to your teeth. But then there is, so it's it molded to your teeth and there's an adjustment piece on the side of it, this little um, lever that basically pulls the bottom jaw forward and kind of keeps your top jaw back or the, the top piece of your mouth back but pulls that the bottom like jaw forward. That sounds like a torture forward. tool to me. It, but it, it's very, very slight. But what it does is it prevents the jaw from actually going back. Now, the first couple of nights that the guy wears it, he is going to wake up in the morning and his jaw is going to be a bit sore just because it's not relaxing like it's used to. Um, but after about a week or two of him wearing it, um, it, it just becomes regular and he's not waking up with um, with a sore jaw anymore. But it it stops the snoring. So this um, is the Eliminator Pro you're talking about, right? Yeah, it's kind of for one of a better term, an adjustable mouth guard kind of thing uh, that moves yeah. moves the jaw. What was it? So what was it like then when you got a full night's sleep? Oh, like uh, just honest to God, it was it was like no longer having a newborn. The overnight your newborn had become like a five or six year old child. Total silence the in the bed next to you, is it? Yeah. Yeah, the um, no, I would say the um, th- there's a friend of mine as well that has one of those mouth guards, um, but it's made professionally. Um, there was a, a dentist somewhere in Ireland made it, and it ended up costing I think eight or nine hundred euro for the thing. Um, that it's it's again specifically made for right. For but him. you say that the Eliminator Later Pro is adjustable. You bought it online for how much? Uh, it was about thirty or forty euro. And you stand over it that your partner was a shock and snorer and no longer is a shock and snorer. A uh, thousand, thousand percent, yeah. Isn't that amazing? For the sake of 30 or 40 euro. Yeah, again, and we tried every other gimmick that was in the market. Um, again, the doctor gave nasal spray, the doctor gave antihistamines. Um, nothing at all worked with the exception of this mouth guard. So if Carol has never tried that with her husband... I need um, Go go online, find it. It's it, the adjustable anti-snore mouth guard is, is what you need to be searching for. And oh, Carol, you're going to be my guinea pig, or I at least this. your husband is. You got to <laughs> get it. I, I, I mean, no problem. I'll even get it for you. Get online there. No and get to, problem. The Eliminator Pro 
online, 30 or 40 euro. I would love to know if it works. Okay. But but Amy, like, did yeah. it impact it? Was, it, was, your, was your relationship in difficulty because of it? Because we were talking about the third highest cause of divorce in America is snoring. Yeah, like my, my relationship ended for other reasons since. Um, but Oh, sorry to hear that. But it wasn't because yeah. of the snoring. It would, like, honestly, it, it was it yeah. was to the point where it, it would have been ending very, very rapidly if we did not find that um, mouth guard. You know, oh, really? I, okay. It was, yeah, ga- it was yeah. game over because of it. it. It really was, yeah. I think that, that caused a lot of um, detriment to the, the relationship, yeah. So you can see why relationships do end because you... Like, were you going around like a zombie? I mean, clearly you would have been driving cars and trying to work and trying to concentrate. Yeah, yeah, completely. I mean, like, I work five days a week. Um, I, you know, I have a, a young child as well. So between running around weekends, trying to do stuff, um, you know, to be fair, like, on a, on a Saturday morning, if, if my son wasn't here, um, he used to get up and just, like, leave the room and give me space like even though I wouldn't be sleeping you know just to have that extra bit of time to, to relax and, and have some downtime but again like it, it, it you know anyone that doesn't have a child that has suffered um, loss of a loved one it's kind of you know the point where you're so upset and you're barely getting you know any bit of sleep in between the funeral and the removal and everything else it's kind of like going through that as well on a con- continuous basis right that means you were depressed yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you would you'd be massively massively depressed. Like you're not you're not sleeping. Um, you know, it's w- and all sleeping, the kicking and the thumping and the shouting and the pushing does nothing to fix it. It just makes you more exasperated. Absolutely nothing. I tried the whole thing, you know, of turn over onto your side, turn over onto your side, and it 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 doesn't work okay. at all. You okay. know, you might. You might get a bit of relief, but that's before they just go back into... Right. Hang, hang on there, if you will, for a second. Rita, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I wonder, do you think that an awful lot of people suffer in silence? Because um, already there's you. Carol, there's Amy, there's Rita, there's Michelle, there's a world of texts from people who's partners. There's a world of women not sleeping because of their snoring husbands who snore the night away <laughs> and get a full night's sleep. I know, you might think this is funny. I don't think it's funny, but what I, what so I kind of did a little bit of a giggle was, was, I'm wondering, why is it only men seem to snore? Do well, women... women snore too. I, I mean, we don't, people who snore don't know they snore, snore. But I'll tell you, I've tried all those gadgets that that last lady was talking about and the lady before her. And you might think this is funny now, but I discovered that the only cure for a snorer is a snoring room in your house. (laughs) And I'll tell you now, you can laugh, but I did it. I moved out first because I was getting, I wasn't getting one wink of sleep. And I moved into a spare room I happened to have at the time. And after three weeks, my husband decided, he, he kind of woke up and said, look, Rita, I, it, I should be in that room. I said, don't I bloody know it? So I said, you can go in there tonight now and sleep away to your heart's content. And up to last uh, March, now he's now in a home, he's 88, unfortunately, he snored away in the snoring room. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it didn't matter to me. For how many years was he in the oh snoring? Oh my God, don't ask me. I don't know how many years because it's the only, it's the only cure. Was I've it like 20 years things. or 30 years or? Oh, easily. But that's kind of sad that you had Good to use separate... Like I know it's sad. Isn't it sad you had separate bedrooms for so long in your life? Well, I'll tell you, if you were sleeping with a snorer, it wasn't one bit sad to get him out of the room and into a snorer. True room. enough, if you were dealing with the snoring, yeah, anything oh, would be... Oh, listen, it's dreadful. And I was listening one day, one night, to the repeat and Joe Heffernan, people asking Joe Heffernan, what was the cure for yeah. snoring? Could yeah. you try this? Could you try that? And he was telling them. And when the program was over, well, so in the morning I happened to be listening to it. I normally do it, listen by night. Yeah. But I rang him and he answered me. And I said, Joe, you were talking about uh, cures for snoring. And I said, there's only one. Would you like to hear it? He said, I would. I told him, a snoring room. And he said, do you know, I could do one of those because Mary snores a lot. Well, here we have at least found at least one woman who snores. Amy, Carol, why, why don't we talk about women being the culprits? But whoever is snoring should get the hell out of the bedroom and get a room of their own. Now, one woman there said she has a few children. <laughs> she said she has a few children. Squeeze them into the bed and give your husband a room of his own and let him snore however much he wants. Carol? Not that easy. I haven't a spare room and that's my problem. I will make one. Make well, one. In saying that, he's top of the range. Tents that he uses for fishing, I could prop it up out the back maybe. <laughs> You're that desperate, a tent in the garden, is it? Yes, I am that desperate. On a frosty January morning, he wakes up in a tent in the garden, the misfortune. Carol, why should yes. you or any other woman oh, be Oh, it's cruel, it's awful. Right. Why should, this is it's my point. Why cruel. should I get out of my own bed? This is my point. And I'm told I'm stubborn. Well, I'm stubborn where earplugs are concerned, but, you know, that didn't okay. go well either right. when I tried I, I'll come back to I'll come back. I have other calls after that. Will you get your hands on an Eliminator Pro and come back to me? I will. All I right. will. In the house. Do, do, do it today, right? I will. All right. I get him into that room and let him snore away and you won't, you won't hear. You maybe, won't there's, hear. maybe there's companies that build snoring rooms and they just build them onto the side of a house. <laughs> no, could you start in your house? <laughs> no, I think we'll, try the, think we'll try the Eliminator first. All right. Thank you, Rita. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Carol. Text 0868 The Eliminator Pro might be your only man. And a snip at the price, I think. 30, maybe 40 euro. Um, it's, it's interesting because the emailer said, everybody knows full well that women don't snore. And so far, I'm having stories only from women about snoring men. Uh, Cathy says, your, prob- your husband, to the original emailer, probably has sleep apnea. Get him checked. It's a very serious medical condition. It is actually because I've been reading up on that as well. And unfortunately, sleep apnea, untreated, can lead to stroke. Um, unfortunately, in very, very serious undiagnosed cases. Anyway, text 0868104106. We'll pick it up after 11. Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. And so by text to 0868104106 and also from online, my snoring was bad. Then I found I had sleep apnea. I use a machine now every night. It's called, a, isn't that called a CPAP machine? Uh, and you put the mascaroni on. My dog snores, one child snores, the other talks in their sleep, my husband snores, and they all say that I snore too. I think you need to move into a shed 
or drink a bottle of wine, you'll get a good night's sleep. The entire house snores. Get a sofa bed uh, and one of you sleep in the sitting room. Or if your garden is big enough, get a cabin as a room. Um, it was Rita earlier on saying a snoring room. He might have sleep apnea where he actually isn't snoring but stopping breathing. You should see a doctor. It's common, particularly if you're overweight. Snoring can be a sign of very serious health issues. Get to a doctor. There are plenty of devices available online these days worth trying that help with snoring. Although I am hearing people saying that they've tried loads of different devices and none of them work. Edwin says it can be a weight issue, you know. Change diet. Things will improve. Yeah, what, what is the person eating? What are they consuming? I would, as someone else suggested, get a bed couch and put it somewhere so you can fold it back and it doesn't look like a bed. Uh, I get where you're at. If I had to sleep outside the back door, I'd do it. Sleep somewhere. That's my advice. Men don't like going to doctors. You need to take things into your own hands. Jamie says, husband is complaining to his friends that he can't get a night's sleep as his wife kicks him in the middle of the night. <laughs> All right, okay, I see the light-hearted banter there. Uh, I bought earplugs. They're called Happy Ears, and they're brilliant. Somebody else sent me a thing called Easy Breathe. They look painful. They're almost like um, they're almost like corkscrews that are inserted into both noses. Or sorry, not both noses, both nostrils, I have to say. Go to another room, get a night's sleep. A lot of married people don't sleep in the same room or the same bed anymore. It works. Yeah. It's not what you signed up to when you got married, though. I suppose separate bedrooms. No, it's not great, is it? I mean, like, I mean, look, each their own. Everyone does their own thing that they need to, need to go. But like, you know, it's kind of, I find it quite sad. Like, I find it kind of sad the idea that you can't. I mean, it, it's it's one thing when it's kind of like somebody's working nights and on the days they're working nights they're working separate beds or whatever. But like, kind of spending your whole life. Oh, I think it's sad. It sad. is. Yeah, yeah. It's not what you signed up for. No. It's it's a high price to pay. But you can see even from the text this morning. Not to mention the callers already. It's a serious problem. Oh yeah, um, huge problem. I was just I, I was kind of jumping in because sleep sleep talking. Have, have you ever been? Have you ever had your partner tell you you were sleep talking? Ah yeah, loads yeah. of people talk in their sleep. Yeah, yeah. I have conversations full of blown conversations. <laughs> Partly, partly there's times where I'm, I'm effing and blind and whatever. But is that happens. every night? No, not every night. See, if, imagine every. if you that every single yeah. night. I mean, that's the rough and tumble of relationships. The odd night, like you might snore. Or the odd night, you may be talking or shouting or you know, yeah, you yeah. have a full blown conversation. Would you imagine every, every single night? night. Oh, just and I, I just really, it's it's and it's so tricky for people who obviously the people who have diagnosed sleep apnea and can get sorted that's great but like for other people I know there's different things that you can get for it but it's still you're going around like a zombie like, yeah um, yeah, and you get that you're getting daggers from you know like I, I was saying I was even talking to somebody there on the phone that was ringing into us and I was saying it's almost like do you know when you're with your partner and you've cheated on them in their dream and they wake up and they're odd at you even though you haven't done anything wrong. I imagine it's the same thing. You just wake up and immediately everyone's giving you daggers. You're like, what? I didn't do anything. Like, it was a dream. <laughs> we, could do, we do another program on dreams like that, if you like. But let me get back to the phone lines. Michelle, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay, an awful lot of people talking about sleep apnea, which is the, which is the blockage of the airways during sleep. It leads to the snoring, but literally the sufferer is gasping for breath. Isn't that right? And they wake up from it, I imagine. Yes, I have a very severe sleep apnea and I use the CPAP. And before I use the CPAP, I used to actually wake up gasping. Okay. Were you sleeping alone throughout all of this? Um, not always. <laughs> and um, I actually went away for a weekend with a friend. And when I woke up the following morning, um, I couldn't see her duvet or her pillow. 
And I, she was looking at me and I was like, what? So she pointed at me to come follow her. So I did. And lo and behold, there was the pillow and the duvet in the bathroom. That's not the first time I've heard that. Uh, yeah, don't think I've ever heard it with a woman it. snoring and another woman having to... I've heard it about fellas sharing bedrooms with pals who snore like crazy and they've ended up well, in the bath. Apparently, I was like a train. Yeah, yeah. And it went on for a long, 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 long time. Well, I was going to the doctor and he thought I had nasal polyps. And so I had to go to to the ENT and obviously I had to wait to be called. And it was going on for a while. And eventually anyway, um, once I saw the ENT, they said nasal polyps is not her problem. So he sent me to see a respiratory specialist. And that's when the sleep study was done. And it turns out that I have very, very severe sleep and apnea. I stopped breathing for 10 seconds or more at least 86 times an hour. What? That's- yes. Constantly. Yeah, and my uh, the the study also showed that the oxygen level in my blood fell down to fifty three. It should be ninety six, and it was falling to fifty three. And as he said, if this happened in a hospital setting, they would have been running with the crash cart. Okay, so but people would would mistake that for being a snorer. Yes, they just think it's just somebody snoring. It's actually quite a serious medical condition because it affects the heart, it affects the cardiovascular system, it affects blood pressure, it um, can induce strokes. Then there's the daytime fatigue as well. You're really not safe driving behind the wheel. Did your parents pick up on it though? They did. I um, I was exhausted one evening and I asked them, could I go upstairs and go sleep in the spare room? They said, yeah, no problem. Up I went and when I came down, the two were just looking at me and I was like, what? There was I, daggers. I know, I, they were looking daggers. I think it was more shock because I'm I'm in my forties. I haven't slept at home for years, and they were just looking at me I was like what? And they were like, "You really have to do something about this snoring." They said it's actually severe. It's chronic. So I downloaded they were, an app. They could to my hear phone. you downstairs. Yes, and that's not the first time I've been told that I could be heard downstairs. That's loud. Yeah, I downloaded an app to my phone called SleepBot or SnoreLab, one of those, and it would actually monitor your snoring throughout the night. And the first couple of nights I used it, I was epic every night, all night. Epic, you say? Epic? Epic. That was what came back. A score they said your snoring like, is epic on the app. Yes, um, it was 120, which was apparently off the charts. So then when people were telling me, I was like, okay, I might need to do something about this. So that's when I went to the doctor and in 2017, I received my CPAP. So the CPAP is, for want of a better word, some kind of a mask, is it? I very affectionately call it by Freddy as Freddy Krueger um, <laughs> because it's not the prettiest looking thing on you. It is a mask and there are several different types available. There's nasal pillows, there's full face, there's just a cup over the nose. I have the nasal pillow and just slip it on under my nose and put on my machine and I sleep away. What does the machine give you? Oxygen, is it? Yeah, it's it's actually room air. It's not it's not particularly oxygen. It's just room air, but it just keeps your airways open oh, for you. It uses the air in the room to recirculate it. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, well, no, not so much the room air being recirculated, but the machine just keeps your airways open so that you're receiving enough oxygen. But is it awkward though? Uh, yeah, especially if you're travelling, you have to haul this thing on with you as well. And um, you have to carry it on your lap if you're on the plane because you can't afford to pull into the cabin in case you hit turbulence and it got broken. 
Right. Okay. So it, it hey, can be awkward. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you'll always have this, will you? More than likely, I always will. And, There's and no operation for it, no? There is, but apparently it's not very successful and it's quite painful. Okay. Michelle so says, get, Michelle says that sounds like what I go through. I had the same problem with my husband. I could have cheerfully stabbed him. He now has the CPAP machine, was diagnosed with severe sleep apnea, and everything is fine now. But yeah, at one stage, she, she, she could have stabbed him. I'm quite, I'm, yeah, quite sure that she, I'm quite sure that she's being, you know, maybe funny about it. But, you know, yeah. you, you, it must be intolerable to live with it. Oh, I, I would imagine that, you know, if I had to sleep beside somebody like that as well, I'd be sleep deprived. Let me talk to Avril. Hold on there if you wish. Avril, good morning. Good morning, Neil. And so you, you're a female snorer. That's right. I, and I have sleep apnea as well. Okay, okay. So yeah. does everybody that snores have sleep apnea and need a CPAP machine? Or is there a difference between sleep apnea and people who snore? Well, I think it's related. I think anyone that does snore should definitely explore whether they, they do have sleep apnea or not. Because especially if you're waking really, really tired in the morning, um, that's what it was for me. I just was telling my doctor for a while, you know, um, I'm waking up in the morning feeling like I just didn't want to get out of bed because I was so tired. And I felt my breathing wasn't proper. You know, I was saying, I'm not breathing properly. I don't feel, sometimes I gasp for air. So after about after a while of kind of saying it to her a couple of times, she she kept saying to keep an eye on it, and then she said, "Look, we'll send you for some tests." Okay, and um, it turned out you had sleep apnea, and you've got uh, the the CPAP. Is it? I I don't have it. I they did give it to me, but I just couldn't use it. I what? couldn't use it at all. Why? I felt claustrophobic. You know, I tried. They were very good. Now, in fairness, they gave me all the different ones. So, the, are you still are you still snoring for want of a better word? I am, yeah. And how's that working <laughs> out with your partner then? Uh, well, he's now moved into the spare room. <laughs> so not very well. Yeah, he has to sleep now. And in fairness, he's he's just the best ever, you know. But he, ours is kind of a unique situation in that he has uh, insomnia. So An insomniac take- in one room and a snorer in the other room. There's a lot going yeah. on there. An awful lot, yeah. Why can't so, he sleep? He, he's always suffered from insomnia. Now, he's been to his doctor. He keeps telling his doctor, you know, who prescribed a sleeping tablet for him. Um, now, I suppose he's addicted to the sleeping tablet at this stage um, because once you go on a sleeping tablet long-term like that to get sleep, you you don't really come off it. That's, that's my opinion anyway, you know, because you would your body is trained then to only sleep with the sleeping tablet. You're going to reach for it. You know, if you're an active person and you want to get a night's sleep and you know you have a full day of work the following day, you're going to take your sleep if you can get it. But does the sleeping tablet work? Did I hear somewhere that it only, the sleeping tablet only kind of works for, to get you Maybe off to hours. sleep? Yeah. yeah. But after Yeah, two hours. Yeah. And then I'd be snoring. See, I would normally have left him go to bed a bit earlier maybe than me, and go up maybe a half an hour later and he may be asleep at that stage. That's the way it started going. And 
he that was grand. Then I'd go to sleep, and then I would start snoring, and then he's awake. <laughs> so that wasn't working either in the long term. So the sleep app machine, I just tried for months. I cried. I tried. I did everything to try and use it. Um, they were very good. They gave me all the different versions. And eventually I just said to the consultant, I said, I can't use it. I feel it's to me, it was like being on a ventilator that was forcing me to breathe because it's forcing air up your nose. Um, all right, so Michelle, can you relate to any of that? I mean, it's unfortunate for poor old Avril, I, isn't it? Yeah, I can. But my advice would be to try and stick with it because it did take me months to get used to it. And I eventually did. And now I can't sleep properly without it. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I I was just in with the consultant recently again, and he did um, recommend because he was saying for me, I'm I'm not overweight. He said it's un, it's unusual in a way because I'm not overweight. Yeah, yeah. I'm five foot. Um, I'm very small, and he said what it is for me is he could tell by the shape of my face that my airway is narrow. And then funny that you could night. say that. Yeah. Because yeah, my consultant told me I had the face of it. You had the face of it? Yeah. The face to suit sleep apnea or snoring? Yeah. Yeah. The, the design of your jaw and stuff, is it? Yeah. You see, I actually have an overbite. Um, so that's pushing my jaw back a little bit. But I know, I know. But Avril, like, that's not, I'm, I'm sure that you're both in love. That's not sustainable. No, no. So at the moment, no. As I say, from even we were on holidays in June and we had to get an apartment so that, you know, we tried again for to sleep in the same bed. But then he would end up going out onto the the sofa in the, in the front, you know, for to get proper sleep. We'd go to bed and then he'd end up out in the front, you know. It's not sustainable. So when we came back from holidays, he just said, you know what, I'm going to have to start sleeping in the spare room, which is gut-wrenching. It's horrible. Yeah, I know. I can't but, imagine. Um, yeah. I can hear myself because I've downloaded that um, Better Sleep or whatever it's called. Sound Sleep, I think it's called. I did buy one of those Snorri's um, moat things that you put in your moat, but it was huge, you know, trying to put that into, into your moat. I felt it very uncomfortable, you know, to try and even do the bite on it. So I said that, and but there was an app which you could download and you could literally, literally hear yourself snoring. And you heard the audio, you. did you? Oh, yeah, I have audio, and I played for people and they'd be shocked. You know, they'd you be shocked. Have it, you don't have it there nor anything like that, no? Probably on your phone. Um, so you for me. I have it on the phone, yeah, yeah. it's on the phone, it's, on, it's downloaded onto that. But, um, I, I mean, I, it is. you know, some people might find it funny to listen to it. Others might say, you know. Well, I, I'd laugh at it too, but like... But it's not funny. In a though. way, it's not, it's not funny, no, no. Because we're grasping at straws at this stage now and he's got back your relationship with with, Do you talk about your relationship surviving it? Oh, yeah, yeah. All the time, yeah. We're at the stage now where he's waiting on an appointment to go into the bonds because I pleaded with him to go in there and find out exactly what's going on with his insomnia because the doctor he goes to, his suggestion the last time was to put him on a second different sleeping tablet, which I said straight out, not a hope. Is there such a thing as stronger sleeping tablets? This apparently, the one he's on is apparently the best for for insomnia. He's tried them with other ones and they didn't work, you know. Um, 
also, I suppose, his doctors at his wit's end as well, you know. And has he tried all sorts of alternative remedies now, more natural approaches to it and things? Or is it just Once the sleeping tablet? Once you go on the sleeping tablet, it's just, I, I would say at this stage you would have to be weaned off something like that. What would happen so if he stopped? That, oh, he just would be staring at the sleep the, the ceiling for the night. You know, he just wouldn't sleep. He'd have to have days without sleeping. I don't know if he'd eventually go back into it, but that's why I'm hoping the bonds will help with now, you know, the sleep clinic in there, that they will come up with something for him. So at least he, because even now in the spare room, he still, he'll sleep for two hours with the sleeping tablet and then it's like daydreaming. You know, he could get up wrecked in the morning. I personally think he has sleep apnea as well, but that's why I'm hoping they'll they'll discover in there. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting we're talking about two different things. One, of course, is the issue regarding um, relationships and uh, the impact of, of snoring. Then we've got the sleep apnea yeah. where you can get the medical intervention of the CPAP. Then you're talking about insomnia and people having to take um, um, sleeping tablets. I'm also thinking that, could you imagine if somebody was in chronic pain, for instance, uh, and, not yeah. able, and not able to sleep? Um, yeah. they, they could be on pain medication. They could be on opioids. Um, and and those doses might be constantly increased because of their pain. I'm I'm probably going off on one here, but I was recently watching a couple of different dramas on uh, OxyContin, for instance. One was called Dope Sick, and the more recent one was called Painkillers. And OxyContin, which is available, it's available in Ireland. You can you can start off on a, a dose of like forty milligrams. But what they were doing in America was they were upping the doses. People were very heavily addicted. Um, and oh, they were being, they, yeah, they were being paid. The the reps and the doctors were being rewarded to up the doses from forty milligrams to eighty milligrams, ultimately to get people up to two hundred milligrams. Um, God, yeah. And it was a huge, big problem. And 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 then yeah. people who had pain, maybe a work related injury, were being put on oxycontin, um, and they were overdosing. And then it became a huge black market drug where people were crushing it. And snorting it, you know? I know yeah. it's a different story, and I suppose it's, that's more way in the area of pain more than anything else. But it would lead to sleeplessness as well. Pain would. Yeah, definitely. You know? You know? So, oh, that's how people get addicted, yeah. Avril, that's sad, like. That, that's a sad <laughs> story. <laughs> but we're working on it. I, I am saving at the moment. I'm trying to save at the moment because there is... Um, there is um, a dentist in practice in Carrigaline, I think. Now, I did inquire um, when I couldn't use the sleep sleep machine first. I did inquire um, about the price of this. I think they quoted me. That was about three years ago, about 1200 to have it done. It's made specifically, I suppose, for all the world. It's like getting a brace done or something Listen, like that. Listen, before you do that, try the Eliminator Pro. Yeah, it does it come in different sizes? Amy, Amy has an Eliminator Pro. It's adjustable to fit the size of your mouth. It's got a little gadget wheel on the side of it that you adjust. And she swears by it. It's about 30 or 40 euro online. Yeah, I got the Snorri's one, all right. That, that was supposed to be, but it, there wasn't different sizes. That's the point with that oh, one. This is adjustable. You know? I can actually see the adjustable dial here on the side of it and everything. Yeah, I think the wish of it is adjust because adjustable sometimes is just to bring your jaw forward or backwards forward or, whatever, or backwards you know? yeah, yeah 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 but if it's you, not adjustable you, as in the you, size of it yeah you you originally you originally put it into hot water and you then put it into your yeah. mouth and it molds through the shape of your mouth i'm just thinking for the sake of 30 or 40 euro um try it yeah amy's amy swears by it yeah yeah 
oh, I definitely tried before I'd fork out, you know, that much money for to have a professionally done. But the consultant did say, don't waste your time with any of these things. He said, you need it customised to your mouth, to the shape of your I know mouth. it. I know um, they'll say that. I know yeah. they'll say that. But if it were me in your shoes and I had 40 know, euro, for to, 40 to, euro. To, yeah. to, to maybe try it, I'd... I'd Listen, it might be a waste of money, but it's it's thirty or forty euro for God's sake. It might work, you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me talk yeah. to Adam. Thanks, Avril. Thanks, Michelle. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. Oh eight one eight one zero four one zero six. Corks Red FM. My apologies. Some people are waiting a long time, and I'll come back to text then after a couple of calls. Adam, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you keeping? I'm good, my man. Um, your text says this is hilarious. Not if you're living with it, though. No. Look, come here. When I was listening, it started off as fun, and as the stories went on, I realised look, some people are really suffering. So it's, it's not that fun. I suppose when you were in our uh, setup, myself and my fiance, um, and my early days, and where I suppose in the in the spectrum of it, we're probably light snores, would you say? Right. But I was just laughing at people having to sleep in different rooms and I get it no late you know, when people Oh are. well fair play to you at least the conversations perhaps have influenced your way you think about it but you yeah, you, yeah. you snore and you're saying your fiancé snores Yeah I was, I was laughing because there was at the time when I was listening there was no women outing themselves and I suppose it, it reminded me of my own situation where I put my hands up I snore and especially when I'm overtired and I haven't had much sleep and um, my mate says, I won't say her name because she'd probably kill me. Like, but she taps me, I don't turn over to your side there, no matter. Literally, all done and dusted within 10 seconds. And, and then maybe a few minutes later, she's absolutely rattling the place, snoring. And I'm, I don't have the, the heart or the nerve to, uh, to tap her and say, turn over. Because but hang on a second, you're in, a le- you're in an equal relationship now, pal, right? Well, equal, but. You have to select your battles. A wise man once told me, like you know. So okay, <laughs> yeah. So you let that pass, is it? For no, for no, yeah. It, it's it's um. Does she know that she yeah, snores? She, she knows she snores because there's once or twice nowhere she's woke me up and I'm like, ah, come on, and then she goes straight back to sleep snoring, and I I've rec- I've, I've recorded so she can hear it in the morning and say, look. Is to play this game no like <laughs> How did she react when you recorded her snoring? Well, she was a bit mortified and like she did believe it was her, did she? Yes, she. If they were, the, the, the truth was in the pudding there. She couldn't deny it. It was definitely her. But um, she. I don't think she realised actually until until I, I showed her. And then no, no, it's just a bit of a joke. But, now it's, it's a light-hearted one between myself and, me, and my missus like, you know, compared to some of the stories we're hearing this morning. Yeah, but what happens if it gets gradually worse and worse? I mean, if both of you are snorers, you're kind of out-snoring each other. Like, but, so that's probably even worse than one person being the snorer and the other trying to sleep. But it potentially could get worse, louder. Yeah, no, it's something, especially listening to some of the people who are going through, through the middle, like, you know, I am... I, I think I don't think I'm there's any I don't think there's any relationship that hasn't been impacted by it. I mean, if we were to be all fair and honest, there are, there are times when my wife has to 
push me or, you know, give me a, a little nudge, you know. I, I, and, I, and I understand that and I feel awful about it then, you know. I really do because you're thinking, my God, it's such a selfish thing to be keeping somebody else awake. And uh, no, look, we both live uh, very um, busy lifestyles, you know, two kids. We both work. Uh, we have a lot of commitments after work. We, myself and run the GA and some other um, community groups, you know, so we're full on and, you know, sleeping is just one of them things that's more of a necessity for us these, at, at this time in our life, like, you know, so maybe when, when we get older, we'll have to, we'll have to, prioritise what we're involved in so we can, we can get sleep before we snore. Well, we'll have to see how it goes for you. In fairness, appreciate you taking the call. Thanks a lot, Adam. Una, good morning. Una, can you... Oh, hang on, let me, let me get myself sorted here on line uh, one. There you are, Una. No, I can't seem to get one there, guys. I know what the story is with it, so maybe you could just maybe sort out the phone number line and I will come back to it in a few minutes. Okay, she's moved to line four now, so you should be there. Are you there, Una? I am. Okay, so it's interesting now. A lot more women are coming forward and confessing to the uh, affliction of snoring, yeah? Well, I don't have to confess it. My family will do that for me. So, um, <laughs> okay. I, I, everyone will know who I am anyway, even just from my accent. But I actually am like a herd of wildebeest. A herd, herd of wildebeest? A herd of wildebeest. I'd love to, I'd love to know what the herd of wildebeest sounds because in in Renaissance they, they're they're going at one time, but it sounds like it's not one wildebeest; it's a load of them. Do you know? And I've heard myself; they've recorded me. They have recorded. Yes. Okay. It's and not nice to listen to. And I've woken myself up out of from snoring. I've woken myself up, and it is debilitating because well, we we I can't go away with friends or anything because I can't share a room with someone. Do you know? Have you done that? I have. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and uh, was it catastrophic? Yes. Yeah. Give me an example of being away with friends and sharing a room. What, what did they do? Well, going into your bathroom and, and sleeping in a bath. Bringing a duvet and lining the bath and yeah. sleeping in it. Yeah. Did they attempt to wake you when you were away with them? I, I can wake up. I wake myself because of the snoring. I wake up myself and um, I, I just like, I can actually hear sometimes when I'm falling off to sleep, I actually know I'm starting to snore. Well, I've asked my doctor when I have an operation, he said, no, an operation actually could make it worse. So, and this, this, I've been aware of it for about probably 18 years. Is it getting worse as the know. years go by in the last 18 years? Yeah, progressively worse. I'm worse. And I, I am a bit overweight, but like going back in the years past, I wasn't overweight. And you so, were snoring, snoring as well. Yeah. 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 And I don't know what brought it on. Um, and the thing about, I've heard people saying about those, um, those sleep apnea, getting those um, masks on. I'm claustrophobic, so that would not be in my best address. I'm very claustrophobic. How, how did you get on with the COVID mask, though? Um, I, I wore the shield. Oh, you couldn't do the mask because of no, your cluster. No, I couldn't do the mask. I went to hospital when I get my eyes tested, when I'm going to the dentist, I'm absolutely breathe. I, I can't cope when something is going over my eyes or in my mouth. I absolutely panic. Okay, and w- w- what's the home dynamic like? Have you family or, or your yes. partner? Or yes. What? Yeah, 
and he, he my, my husband snores, but just normal snoring. Do you know, it's, you'd get over it. But mine is absolutely off the scales. Off the scales. So you in separate rooms? Sometimes if I wake up and come downstairs and have a smoke, I would go into another room just because I know that I'm so bad. But even the other room, my daughter says, Mom, you're right next to my room. Jesus, like, I can't sleep. <laughs> so none of them are sleeping because of it? No. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very hard. It is. For them. <laughs> and, me, and me listening to them saying it. Do you feel awfully guilty about it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But you wake up refreshed, do you? No, no, I actually don't um, sleep at all. I probably, my average sleep would be four, four to five hours. Yeah, and if it's broken sleep, it's it's useless sleep. Uh, that yeah. is broken. That is broken. See, we we all wa- we all wake up with a kind of a snort. We've all woken ourselves doing those things. We'll all be honest enough to say that you you wake up because the you know you you you, you give this unbelievable gasp or a snort or um, yeah. and it wakes you. Mm-hmm. You might feel like a bit of a dope when it happens. You're thinking, what the heck's that about? Well, my, mine happens a few times a night. All right, that wakes me up. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm so sorry for everyone that has to go through that. Yeah. Not the people that are storing, the people that have to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose it's not what people sign up for in a relationship, is it? No, definitely not. Well, not when you didn't have it in the relationship to begin with. It, I wasn't a snorer going back years and years ago. I don't know what happened. So the original emailer says that everybody knows that women don't snore. That is not true. They do. They yeah. do snore. Yeah. My daughter snores, but she's not a snorer like me. And would your partner, the emailer talks about shouting, shut up, or kicking him, or pushing him? Do no, they... he pushes me. Yeah. He pushes me. Well, he doesn't hurt me, but, you know, but it doesn't work. I end up just getting up and go down for a cigarette and falling asleep in the Oh, it's exasperating. Night after night after night. Yeah. All right. I don't know what to tell you, girl. I don't know what's going to happen here. Um, I don't either. I know. think I have to go back to the doctor again. Yeah. yeah. Have you tried all sorts of gadgets and stuff? I have tried the ones that aren't too um, restricting, you know, because I am claustrophobic. So even but putting, even putting in a gum shield ring. or a mouth shield or anything, that wouldn't be possible? No, I tried that even when I was getting my teeth whitened with the things and I was gagging with it. Oh, so no. I tried the little thing too, the little ring you get in your finger. I tried that. I got another thing for my ankle. I, I've tried everything. Nothing, Nothing works. works. No. Yeah. No. And I think probably one of those machines is probably the ring when I have to go down and I'm like, oh, Jesus, I don't want to go there. No. If you can't put it on your face. I know. I mean, actually, I'm actually taking deep breaths thinking about it. Yeah. Let me, t- let me talk to Amanda here. Do stay listening, though, because she works in the area of sleep therapy. Amanda, good morning. Can you hear me all right now? Amanda? Hi. Is that Amanda or is that another line? My apologies. No, no, you're, you're to Amanda here. Oh, okay. How are you? Okay. okay. An awful lot of different stories this morning. All of them alarming, sad. Yeah. Relationship lot, impact. Yeah. People going around yeah. half crazed for the want to sleep. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I while I was listening, it's it's very interesting. But I suppose one thing popped into my mind. I do a lot of work with kids. I used to do work with adults, sleep therapy, and it's a home based service. Mm. Um, 
the concern for me now at the moment is I, I'm only working with the kids now because they kind of took over mm. the demand for sleep therapy. It's worrying to see that there is a lot of toddlers up to the age of teenagers that aren't sleeping enough. They can't sleep enough. Um, and then when you look at the, the more the adults and the middle-aged people that aren't sleeping, men and women, you'd wonder... Did they actually have any issues with sleep when they were younger? Um, and will the children that I'm working with at the moment have problems when they're older? When you worked with adults, though, was it just a, that they just could not go to sleep? Or was it what we we're talking about this morning because they possibly had sleep apnea um, or they were snorers? Yeah, a lot of, a lot of different um, situations. Some people just complete insomnia. Anxiety, stress, struggles of daily life changes, um, grief, that kind of side of things. Then other people that... But the adults would be stress, anxiety, worry, Mm -hmm. pressures and problems keeping them awake. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of the time, yeah, which is very, very unfortunate for them. Um, I've walked into homes. I come to the home, you see, and I work in the home because it's somewhere that... The effects of my treatment, you will sleep after it. All of my children that I work with, they all sleep immediately on the bed. I bring a therapy bed with me. It's a mobile bed. So it comes out of the car and it just folds up and it falls back down. Oh, I, and, I, and I get that and I commend you for the work that you do, but none yeah. of that will impact on someone's snoring though, will it? Um, do you know, I do this treatment on the face and the scalp, the neck, and the shoulders, and I use the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet. And with the combined work that I do, including hot oils that I use, and I use a silicone therapy brush, it can help with snoring. Not long-term, though. You'd need to be doing your treatment every night for it to be sustainable, would you? Well... I've worked with people once a week for six weeks. Is there an oil or a lotion or a balm that somebody can apply either, I don't know, to the chest or neck or face or nose? The soles of the feet is a very good place for putting (coughs) babies with coughs. They put sticks on the soles of their feet. It absorbs into the right places, you know. And if you massage the feet, you you can actually help your sleep better. But at the end of the Oh no, the day but snorers the sleep. They, the snorer yeah. sleeps away. That's the thing. Yeah. I'm trying to but work out ways to... I'm just wondering whether or not your expertise can help with regards to stopping snoring. Not full time, no. no. Absolutely not, no. <laughs> I haven't come across anybody that I've worked with uh, with snoring that has helped full time. I've worked with Parkinson's. It's certainly helped patients of mine with Parkinson's. Saw a video. Um, I saw a video of the weekend with the gentleman with Parkinson's disease, and yeah. he was going through some very, very, very bad uh, twitching and body movement oh, and yeah. involuntary yeah. muscle movement, and his speech was all over the place. He had a couple of dri- he put a couple of drops of CBD oil under his yeah. tongue, and within ten minutes, the man was like you or me. He was totally relaxed, talking away. All of the involuntary muscle movements, all of the jerking of the body, Unbelievable all disappeared. Couple of drops of CBD oil, and away he went. People are people are relating to the CBD oil now an awful lot, and it works for some people. But if it doesn't work for you, 
there are other options. I know, I, mean, I, you I can, know. I'm just you saying. You can go through yeah. lots of different things. But the CBD oil is working for some people and that's amazing for them. I'm just saying. I just saw with my own eyes the video. Yeah. Be- before I let you go, because yeah. I know it's a different topic. It's, it's unrelated to what I've been talking about. But you brought up children who can't sleep. Yes, that's, right. that's you, what my concern was. Do you, ever, um, do you ever sit with these children and ask them why or what's on their mind? I do, I do. What do I they do. tell you? It's a very personal, um, it's a personal thing when you come into somebody's house and you open up and you talk to these children and you're working with them. They tell you so many different things, but a lot of children are, are struggling at the moment with home life because the parents are stressed, they're working two jobs, have been dropped and collected. Um, Schoolwork is, is hard for them. Everything is kind of a rush along. And, and do they pick no up on that they, stress? They, they do. do. They really do, yeah. And that's how it affects them when they're so young. And I've worked with children now over the last two years. I've been coming in and out of the same family's home, working on maybe two children in the home, three. And it comes down to the kids knowing how much pressure is on the parents at the moment in life. And are the parents aware that the children are aware of the pressures? They're not at the time, no. They're definitely not because, I mean, no parent is going to want to have their children upset. But life has become very tough over the last But it must be heartbreaking for a parent to finally know why their child isn't sleeping. They're calling me and they're asking me, can you come and please, child is awake all night, doesn't sleep, um, gets up in the morning, wants to stay in bed all day because they're so tired, doesn't want to do their activities, giving up on all, going out with their friends. And we don't know what's going on. Could you come in and see if you could get the sleep routine in order? I'll get the sleep routine in order, but I'll also find out the reason why they're not sleeping if I can. Home life a lot When I of the sit time. down and talk to the parent, they have no idea. And it's like you're telling the parent something and they ask me, does that mean I failed? Yeah, I fierce failing? sense of guilt, I'd say, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's very hard, but you know what, they're not. They're doing a great job, but sometimes, sometimes I think it's very important that parents actually in the home sit back take time for to have that chat, you know, at the dinner table and sit down together, make time for family time. Don't be rushing all the time. Make sure that you speak to your children and sit down with them and be patient. Mm. A child will always know if you're rushing them or if you're patient with them. Yeah, I know. It makes a huge difference. I know. School and everything like that as well. Okay. All right. Thanks, Amanda. We live in worrying times. We live in stressful times, that's for sure. Fred, good morning. Morning. You waited so long, I am very grateful. You, you describe <laughs> yourself as a reformed snorer. That's correct, that's correct. As in you no longer uh, snore? I don't know. What was it like but when you did? I, I wear a machine, and I wear a, a mask every night, and if, if, I, if I had the mask off, if, there was, if I was away for one night, I wouldn't take it with me from home. I, but, uh, and I would snore that night. What was it like we for those around that. you, or maybe, you know... Oh, that's a long story, Neil. <laughs> it happened to me years ago, and my wife was very good. She didn't, she didn't complain that much. But it came home when we went on holiday one time, and we were travelling from motel to motel in the States, and the kids, just, we were always trying to get two rooms inside one door. And uh, the kids would say, keep that up for a while until we're going to sleep. Really? They snore so much. Yeah. And 
then I had a health issue. I well I had an overweight issue as well. It was, it was over 19 stone. And uh, I had a health issue. And I went into the Bansakor. And uh, they were treating that. And one of the nurses said in there, you snore a lot. And they up. brought in this, this man, Dr. Doherty. And he uh, exam- he put me on a machine one particular night, closed the door in the room at 9 o'clock. And the following morning, they came and took off the machine at 7 o'clock. They had to wake me. And uh, th- th- he came in within the hour. And he said, well, what kind of a nice sleep, Jeff? I slept like a baby. I said, I always remember. He said, you're three and a half hours quality sleep. And they had it all recorded. And uh, I'm still on that machine. It was, hard, it was hard going for the first couple of months. You said to him, can I bring that home with me, is it? The, oh, I brought his home. It's going. I, got him, uh, the, oh, he put the, the, I came home with one from a company that that that, that they, they put me in touch with. The resume Do you have to buy that then yourself, yeah? Oh, no, I didn't. There's a scheme. You see, I joined the drug scheme. And this drug scheme is £80 a month now, or €80 Euros a month. And this machine is about 300 a month. So you pay because 80 I, for I the pay, CPAP? I pay, I pay 80, and I'm on a few tablets as well. I have a few other problems, and uh, but they're, they're nothing to do with breathing. And my wife has a few little problems, and, and all our drugs come to 80 quid a month. Yeah, or 80 I know the month, scheme. But the house the now is the house is silent at night, is it? Oh, there's nothing. There's, there's nothing I can go anywhere. The only the only thing is a bit encumbersome because in some hotels now, if you're the, the socket beside the bed, the lights would be wired directly into it. There wouldn't be a socket there as such. So I take an extension lead with me and I plug it into the, the other side of the room. This is if I was away for more than one night. You need to do that, though. It might be cumbersome to move around. To, yeah. I, I was going to a stage, Neil, that, that driving, I'd have to stop and pull over. I'd fall asleep after my dinner in two minutes. That's all gone. Would you be nodding off behind the wheel? Oh, desperate, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good God. And I, I can see why insurance companies are, are up and down. So I had, I declared it all to my insurance company what I had, and they, they asked me to know whether I'd been treated, and thought I was. And they, they, the doc gave me gave me a letter, and there was no loading, no nothing. But I have a meter on my on my machine, and every morning I can read the meter. Last night I had nine hours sleep last night, but I, I, I was I was doing a lot of the last couple of days. And uh, never walked the whole night and recorded that I had 100% sleep. And your partner sleeps as well, of course, because you're silent. Oh, yeah, yeah. No this, all, this all started with an email from somebody who says that our marriage That's is correct. pretty much gone because of it. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. There, there, was a, there, was a lot, there was a lot of that. But like, there is help out there. And like, you can take all the time. I'm not had this, no, nothing for for it. Uh, but like these machines, okay. and you have to persist with it with them. I, I, oh, I, I say, okay. a month. Okay, okay. After, the first month trying month. to adjust to it. Okay, good sure. stuff. Thank you, Fred. Thanks for holding. Great to hear your story. Back after the break. Hold on there, Stacey. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818 104 106. <laughs> Clay, uh, let me get back to the phone lines. Just one more call this side of midday. Stacey, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm blown away by the amount of people that have been are actually texting. Never mind the ones that are coming on. This is a bigger problem than people might think. But your fiance snores, and you feel like breaking his nose. <laughs> like it's gone to the point now where like it's gone so bad that the house and all starts to shake. Like yeah, yeah, but it really doesn't. Like is it? The house isn't. No, but it actually does. Like, like Neil, no joke. I'm actually like deaf in both ears, and sometimes I actually just go downstairs and go sleep on the couch and I can still vi- feel the vibration of the snoring through the walls. I'm the like, vib- oh my God, so there is so a vibration bad. through the walls? There would be. I can literally like hear him snoring and can feel the vibration. He gets so loud at times. And even like, sometimes we go to the cinema and everything and he would just fall asleep and then he'd start snoring in the middle of the cinema as well. Is he working very hard, like two holding two jobs down or what? No, he is. To be fair, no, he's such a hard worker. He's a roofer and he's listening now and he's probably going to mangle me over it. But I'm, No, tell him don't feel does. so bad. Can I just make another... I'm great for confessing to things this morning. I went to Oppenheimer three weeks ago, right? Yeah. Don't ask me why. Ten minutes into the film, I was asleep. My and wife, you know what? No, my wife he just wa- gave me a little, wants- little nudge. I swear, like he wants me to go and see it, and I said there is no chance in hell because, like, for three hours, I know that he'll be going to sleep after half <laughs> that's an the hour. Point. Like, I'm, that's the point I'm making. But if it was yeah. two hours into a three-hour film, you'd say something. But I was asleep within six or seven minutes. I don't know why. I'm just saying, like, if we're all to be honest about it, we are. We're all guilty of something, you know. Oh, I know, but it's to the point like where sometimes I'm actually walking up in the middle of the night and I even start crying and say how selfish he is because he keeps me awake most nights. I'd have to try to like, hit him or turn him and we've tried like strips and everything and nothing seems to be working for him. But he must feel awful about it, though. He actually doesn't. He just laughs at me. <laughs> but you don't find it funny. No, not at the time. I understand why women would actually want to stab them in their sleep. I totally get it because when you're walking up and you're tired and then you're so like cranky, like I could understand women saying or sleeping in separate bedrooms. I totally get it. But you must really, really love him to stick it out. I do, I do. Obviously, I do. Um, but it's just one of these things. And when I met his family, his uncles apparently are the same as well. Where to the point, their wives were like, oh, we just bring pegs upstairs to like just clamp it on their nose when they're asleep. And I was like, I'm actually contemplating bringing up a frying pan at this stage. Never mind the frying pan. <laughs> Try the clothes. the clothes peg work? Um, do you know, sometimes when he's really kind of like in the middle of a big snore, I kind of like block his nose at my fingers and he'd kind of get a bit of a fright and wake up and I'd kind of get like 10 minutes where I might be able to get to sleep if he doesn't start up again. Is that every night? Most nights, yeah. So do you ever get a full night's fabulous night's sleep where you wake up feeling great? I do if he falls asleep on the couch and I just leave him there for my own peace and I go upstairs to bed. Is there a spare room? No, there's not. No, not in the house, unfortunately. But um, but even at that, like when I sleep on the couch, I can still hear him as well. So there's kind of no really escape in it. Like he's going to kill me now when he hears us. But that's not sustainable long term, though, is it? But I think that it's, I'm lucky in a sense because I am very hard of hearing. If I get to sleep before him, it, it won't wake me up. Or very rarely where he's really loud, it would. So most nights I can just about get away with it. You know, that kind of Have you tried other gadgets that you buy online? Oh, we've tried the CBD oil, we've tried all, like, the, the stuff you put into the nose, we've tried strips from boots on the outside of the nose that opens up the nostrils. Most of the time I wake up and there's just like on the pillow somewhere or something that he's after ripping it off in the middle of the night. My God almighty. Try the Eliminator, try the Eliminator Pro. 
Eliminator Pro. And you know, when his uncles were saying years ago when he used to stay in the house that they used to all get woken up by his snoring as well. So I don't think it's happened as he got older. I think it's literally, it's been constant throughout his whole life. Would you like, prefer to know that when you met him first? Um, I suppose it wouldn't have turned me off in any way because no, you can't okay. help you fall in love with it. Well said, well yeah. said. The poor misfortune must feel awful himself about it. No, he doesn't at all. Oh, he doesn't? <laughs> he just laughs at me. Oh, sorry. He's the one that just laughs it off. He that just, makes and it... I actually have recordings of him. And then when he sees the recording, he gets so giddy and he's like, that must be awful for you to listen to. I'd be like, it is. <laughs> oh, my God. Send me, send me a recording of it. I'll see if he'll allow me and I'll send it. All right, WhatsApp it to me. <laughs> Take care for now. Thanks, Stacey. Anybody else that wants to share audio of snoring, feel free to do so. You can WhatsApp it to me, 0868104106. That's it, lads. We're out of time for this morning. We'll pick it up in the morning. But I do have some more family passes to give away again this morning. We have five family passes for the Toy Soldier Factory in Kilnamatra. We had Lars on the air some time ago. You will have a great time there. And you can get your own figures there. You'll cast it. You'll also paint it. There's a fabulous thing to do there. You also have um, wonderful, wonderful opportunities to uh, design your own little toy, whatever the case may be. There's a whole range of them. I could be here all morning talking about the Toy Soldier Factory. We also have family passes to give away for Bantry House. They were on air as well recently. Fabulous place. It was down there some years ago. You will love Bantry House and all the history. It's been open to the public now since the 1940s, but it goes back many hundreds of years. So Bantry Park, Bantry House and Gardens, actually. The whole place is just gorgeous. Descendants of the Earl of Bantry still run the house. We have family passes for that as well. So we'll take 10 callers on those. Five for the Toy Factory, five for Bantry House. Pick up the phone now, 0818 Have a good day and I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.